0: Chat with Merlin.
1: Photography
0: Chat with Merlin.
2: Awesome. Welcome to another episode of the Photography Chat. We're uh, Season 3, Episode 26, and we've got Ryan with us today. Uh, you you want to take a minute to say hi to everyone there, Ryan?
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, very excited about this Marilyn
2: I'm excited to have you on here um, do you want to just uh, say a little bit about yourself there or?
0: yeah so I'm a film photographer that used to live in the west coast or on the west coast uh, recently located uh, relocated back to the Midwest little to old Iowa and um, I'm trying to find my footing here so <laughs> I kind of shoot the same things I even did in California is sort of rural, landscape stuff, sort of like the detritus of America type of a thing. So,
2: What what pulled you uh, back to the Midwest? Uh, I'm from here, so
0: my family's all here. Um, I think a little bit of what happened was, you know, the whole COVID thing hit, and I was in San Francisco, and it was kind of like, what am I doing? I can't even enjoy this beautiful city right now, and, and we had bought a house as sort of an investment. Uh, about a year before that, back here in the Midwest, and we just decided to make the pull the trigger and and and, and make the jump. So that's yeah. what we did.
2: I was just gonna say you bought a house in San Francisco and it was gonna be like, holy shit! But you know, in mid- <laughs> no, 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 uh, mid- yeah. Midwest bought makes a- more sense.
0: I, yeah, we were going to um, kind of use it like a corporate rental. You know, make money off the rich people. <laughs> that was the idea.
2: I mean, eat the uh, rich when you can, right? If you can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can, they're you're, they're usually the ones yeah. feasting on us. So it's like it's always good yeah, to kind of Flip it around. That's
0: sort of what it's like even because you know we have this like little scheme to make a little extra like, loot while living in a very expensive place. Um,
2: what are you talking about? San Francisco so affordable.
0: Yeah, I, I know. Isn't that funny? Like I owned a business. I owned a window cleaning company there for fifteen years, and you know. We could have been, it could have been huge, but unfortunately there's just no, there's no like workers in San Francisco anymore. There's nobody, you can't, there's no one to hire. There's no one works there. You know, it's, it's all, it's all, it's all yeah. And kind of or, or finance or however else, you know, people make a lot of money. So. Just
2: bros, I guess, you know.
0: Yeah, it was tough. It was tough to, uh, leave. I loved San Francisco. It, it, it afforded me a lot of, uh, good times, met a lot of great people, um, got back involved in photography while I was there. So that was huge. And, um, it's kind of fun now to be back in the Midwest and sort of spread the, the film gospel here, you know,
2: that's fair. I gotta say, I'm, I'm a little jealous of your, your beard action you've got going on there. Um, mine's I, like a baby uh, beard. I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I'm used to like spring or fall
0: weather all year round, having just lived in San Francisco for quite a while. And it is, it is hot here in Iowa. It's hot.
2: So you think and it so I don't know how much. You think of chopping it down?
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I, at least in the summers, you know, like I'm, I'm of Swedish descent. So this stuff grows quick, you um. know, it won't be for long, but Summers are tough here. I, I'm 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 learning that again. I grew up here. I grew up, you know, in the first 17 years of my life, or, or 18, were in Iowa, and then I split. So That's
2: <laughs> So, when, yeah, was it was I- Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying, like, big reason was because it was hot, and I must have forgotten that.
2: So. <laughs> well, it's a, so I moved back to Vancouver during COVID, and I forgot one of the things I hated the most was the rain. And what does it do here a lot? It, it's either rain or it's like blistering hot.
0: Where were you before, before Vancouver?
2: Uh, I was in Toronto for about five years. Oh really? Which also,
0: Uh, yeah, my girlfriend and I are actually, she's from the Boston area. So we're going to be rolling uh, out east here in about a month. Nice. And we're we're super hyped about that. But one of our stops is Toronto.
2: Oh, that's awesome.
0: I've never been. She's been, I'm, I'm hyped. So.
2: If you if you do spend some time in Toronto, definitely stop by a downtown Camera. Uh, they have all sorts of great uh, film there, and the staff is super friendly. And um, right. you know they've been doing some of their own hand rolled uh, cine films. So they've got it's called Prototype 640T, which is basically Cinestill 800. Oh. Um, they've got Prototype 400, uh, which is basically 400D Cinestill, but it's their own concoction. And, Uh um, a few other ones there and just all sorts of other like film and stuff. And they've got a great lab. So if you're there for like a few days, you can even drop some stuff off with them and they'll be able to get through it.
0: Yeah, that's right. So like, we're going to be going, so her family every year goes and stays on an island on Lake Winnipeg. And so, um, I get a taste of like old East coast people. (laughs) It's really cool. I, I actually really enjoy it. Uh, to dip into that lifestyle a little bit because that's not how I grew up you know. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting place. Uh, New Hampshire' is weird. and so um, we, we basically built this whole road trip around uh, that trip. So it should be exciting. My girlfriend flies back, but then I'm gonna actually road trip all the way back through oh, Good USA. so to see some really weird shit like usual, you know.
2: So. Well, if you're going through New Hampshire, you got to try and link up with uh, Pete Gamascus. Okay, yeah, he's a uh, he's a large think, format guy, and uh, he's yeah, the, I mean, he's the guy I, he bought Jason Lee's Lincoln.
0: Yeah, I think I know him just because of Instagram, and and I I follow him actually. Yeah, he's rad. Yeah, I think he bought his car, didn't he? He Jason did Lee's car.
2: Yeah, he he bought <laughs> the he he bought the Lincoln. He calls it.
0: That's so cool. Hey, that's super cool. Hey, can I ask you a question? When people pop up on this, is it cool to like say what up? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, so there's a guy, I don't know if he's still uh, watching or not, but Sean Murphy, he's a professional photographer. He just rolled up onto the feed here a little earlier and um, talk about a guy who's like super rad and talented. And um, Sean Murphy. Good dude.
2: That's awesome. What's up, Sean?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, Back in Florida
2: now, but he was a LA guy for a long time. Weird. Apparently, my audio is breaking up for the other people out there. Uh, are you having trouble hearing oh, me there? I, I hear you great. Um, huh.
0: Is it maybe are they having a hard time hearing
2: me? I don't know. Yours is coming through. They, apparently, it's mine. Uh, it could be Instagram too. Who knows? Um, you know, fucking Weird. Instagram. Well, um. I- great but the audio will be great on the podcast if uh, you have trouble listening to this or you got to tune out um, I'll upload the audio from the roadcaster later so that should be okay um, cool. so in Iowa is that where you got started with uh, photography or did you find that when you uh, came out west
0: no definitely here in Iowa um, uh, I don't know if it was like I didn't do anything in school. It was definitely through my dad and my mom. They always shot photos and stuff. Um, My dad took it pretty serious. Like, he's he's an avid photographer, and uh, he does it for fun, just a passion. And I definitely uh, caught the bug through just experiencing his joy through it. Um, But really didn't have any sort of setup at all, Um, just sort of shot with classic stuff, or like, you know, like the little, because I'm a child of the 80s, early 90s, I suppose, so, um, it was all film, you know, all the time, and I think what happened to me was, um, once I got a little older, I, I just couldn't grasp digital, I just didn't get it, I didn't enjoy it, I didn't, I tried, but I'm, I mean, you just saw how hard it was for me to, like, turn my camera <laughs> up, you know
2: what I'm saying, like, uh, well, Technology gets us at the best of times. So
0: Bro, I just I don't get it. I don't wanna know like programming. I don't wanna know how to edit stuff. I don't like it. So a lot of the stuff I shoot's all in, in camera. Like I do a lot of the old peel apart stuff. And it's like if it's not right then tough can hands, you know. Um, that's just how I enjoy shooting and so you know, I took a big break, like a huge like, you know, bartended and was acting a fool and stuff and didn't even think about photography for a very long time. And uh, when I was living in Colorado, didn't really Here and there. I picked it up a little bit, like always sort of thought I had that passion, but didn't really pursue it. And then even took like some community darkroom classes, some old crotchety, angry photographer in Boulder, Colorado. He had a, he had a lab and he was, um, I mean, he definitely bummed everybody out that was taking the class because he was probably mad he didn't make it or something. And um, But that resource is there. So I sort of got it, played around with it there. But again, it was film. Um, and then I had even picked up a Mamiya 645. Those are um, from, Yeah, from a buddy who uh, was a professional photographer for snowboarding. And they were all going digital. And so he's like, hey, you want this? camera and so I threw a few bucks and so I had this I had that camera and from that time I'm now realizing I actually shot a ton you know you, this is like in my 20s um I shot a ton of photos during that time um but I didn't have like the confidence to get anything developed or processed and so like today I actually practice processing with different chemicals and stuff with those old rolls Oh wow! Yeah, man. Like you know, we're talking twenty years ago now. Some of them that have just not been treated well, and I'm just playing with them now. And and I got to be honest, I should I I should have given myself more credit when I was younger. Ryan should have been more confident. Some of the stuff I shot was cool, you know. So I don't know. That's been kind of fun. That's something I've done, been going through lately, and looking at um, while I kind of play around with processing and whatnot. But, it's, so in other words, it's always sort of been there, but like, I didn't really take it seriously until like, I'd say 2015 is when I, I, I think it was that 2014, I really found it again. Um, and since that time, you know, seven or eight years ago, I, I've just not looked back. It's just been
2: constant. And, and what brought you back to it then?
0: Uh, <laughs> so... I was really over like social media and stuff back in the day like back at that time and so I was like, you know, F Facebook, I want off this and I don't like it. And a buddy of mine um was like, Dude, you should check out Instagram. <laughs> I am sure I'm super game <laughs> in 2015, but it was like, ah, I don't think so. That just sounds horrible, you know, like I I don't get it. And uh do you know the magazine Monster Children? Yes. Yeah, it's like kinda like I don't know. Lifestyle, surfing, skateboarding, art. A lot of art. I think they're out of Australia. And uh, I think anyway, uh, a friend of mine was like, "Hey, you should check out." There's a come come to like this like photo annual party with me, and it was for Monster Children. So I checked it out. And then this is the same friend who's like, "Hey, you should you should get into Instagram and whatnot," and. As I was checking out Monster Children magazine, I realized that Jason Lee had a guest edited edition. Like he was a guest editor. And so there was a whole Monster Children just about him and his photography. And, you know, he was the skateboarder. In my mind, the guy from Mall Rats in my head, you know, so I had no idea he shot photos or anything like that. And I didn't even think about film photography at all. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, photography was digital and I, I didn't, have any want to learn that and so when i picked up that monster children and i found out that he had an instagram called film photographic and and more about his photography and what he was doing with film photographic it's sort of like a platform to share and um you know pump people up about photography and you know hype 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 up other photographers uh I got to be honest, man, right then and there, it clicked. I was like, oh shit, like this like skateboard hero guy of mine and like a guy I knew about when I was living in Iowa, you know, a little high school guy, like just in love with mall rats and stuff like that, you know, like watching it like every day uh, and pretending I could skateboard. I uh, I immediately joined Instagram and just Picked up that medium format camera again for the first time in a long, like a very long time, like ten years, old, over ten years. Damn! And uh, got a couple frames from just around, and then hashtag film photographic. And I kid you not, man, like I got shared on film photographic, and he hit me up and was like, "Dude, cool stuff!" And from that moment, like I was just really hooked, you know. My mom joined.
2: yeah I saw that there
0: Um, so that's how I got back into it like I just was like just a little bit of positive feedback you know what I mean and like a little bit of like someone who I was pumped on when I was in high school like was doing it and was doing cool stuff with it and you know I don't know him I didn't know him at all you know I mean he was like an actor I didn't know him but like the fact that he was he was so, like, he interacted and, and he he just would pump you up, you know? He was just, like, spreading the good word of photography and film photography. And so I just took a deep dive after that and, like, just shot that Mamiya, pretty much shot it until it broke and then, you know, still need to get it fixed. But uh, since then, man, just, like, collecting cameras, shooting constantly, it's been really fun, you know? And it's something that, like you know, like the ups and downs of life, that has always been like kind of a constant now for me in the last seven years or so, or seven years. Or so it's been great.
2: That That's actually kind of wild because Jason's kind of a common thread with a lot of photographers I've talked on with the chat over time is, um, uh, so many people have like found like either film photographic really inspiring, um, or just even him. And it, it is really cool how accessible he is. Um, Oddly enough, he's also, like, why I got into film photography and, like, back into photography in a big way. Um, Not long after you did, probably around, like, 2017. Um, It was his Polaroid stuff that, like, really blew my mind. And I was like, holy shit, I want to do 8x10 Polaroid like Jason Lee. And then I looked at how much that shit cost, and I was like, this is why Jason Lee does 8x10 Polaroid. You know, man, like, I had no concept
0: about Peel Apart film. I didn't know about that. Like, that wasn't even in my orbit. You know? uh-huh.
2: that's just so magical, though. Like, so there's an o- I, I'm in an old motel here, which is uh, converted into an artist studio right now. So I've got like a little um, photography studio and I've made like a podcasting booth here and stuff. But uh, last weekend was our official opening of the City Center Artists Lodge. And uh, so we had like open studios for two days. And shit, I must have done over 70 portraits on pack film with my Wista o- over the weekend. I bought this like ridiculous, like... Uh, st- like '80s laser background, like from old like school photos and shit, and we uh, was just cool. doing like you know portraits for ten bucks a piece, and people were just going nuts for them. It was it was kind of crazy, but like the magic yeah, of the so peel, people go so nuts for it.
0: It's true. How do you peel yours? I've seen like some peel from the top there, like it, it keeps a nice cool border on there. Oh, you know, like the, the dirty, dirty.
2: So that's that's the dirty peel. Yeah. Yeah, so. How do you I always Well, so it, it depends. So um, when I was doing the shots for um, the the portraits, I just did like the clean peel, like the regular one. You just pull it from the top and, and do it. But.
0: You didn't brown pinnacles all over your fingers?
2: Yeah, yeah. But then when, uh, when I'm doing it for friends and stuff, I'm like, hey, do you want a clean peel or a dirty peel? And they're like, ooh, what's a dirty peel? <laughs> so they're always like, yeah, I want the dirty peel. And like the best way I found to do the dirty peel is, um, oh, I can't really do it here, but this is like the negative. But I always like pull the top white part of the positive here. And I just yeah. pull that whole thing. And then I just like take the whole thing apart there.
0: Ooh. <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm totally hooked. I still buy it way too, like, Spend way too much money on them. Yeah, I've like, had good luck. Had bad luck. Have you have you messed around with the Super Sense stuff?
2: <laughs> um, I have. Yes. Um. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting. It's really cool. Um, I yeah. like it a lot. What I think a lot of people get pissed off with it about is like they think it's a brand new film, so they expect it to behave like a brand new film, and it's not. It is like a bespoken boutique handmade experience from Austria, which is why it costs like an ungodly amount of fucking money for it. Because like literally people in dark rooms put that shit together by hand for you. Like it's, it doesn't get more customized than that for, for like film. Um, but I also really dig how the color comes out because it looks like, you know when you shoot that expired six six nine, and it just has that really nice sort of like like the colors have gone all soft and stuff, and it's just like yeah, that's what it comes out it like every yeah. time. It's beautiful. very beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's it's absolutely beautiful. And the thing that's nice with the the super sense stuff though is like sometimes with the six six nine, it does you don't get the full you don't get the full spread. So it's like you get that color maybe it's a little janky. With super sense, you get that color, but you get mostly a full spread. Almost every yeah. time, which is cool. Yeah, it smells weird. I get,
0: yeah. Even when I get like packed, it's pretty uniform. So if I if I tear the first one right, and I'm only getting part coverage, even like my rollers can be impeccable and everything, and it just gonna be that pack is going to be that, but it's still consistent too, So you can actually figure out how to make that work for you a little bit in the frame. There's a town, and this is hysterical. It's spelled exactly like Cairo. Oh wow! Right, like, but it's Cairo is how they pronounce it, and <laughs> it's in Illinois. It. Yeah, yeah, man. Why not? Right? Well, it's it's
2: like Miami, uh, yeah, but it's Miami. Miami. Yeah, yeah and then exactly. there's N- Nevada, but it's Nevada.
0: Nevada. Yeah. Well, here's this is Kara and. It's literally. It was a pretty pivotal point in the um, Civil War. It was a fight over the Ohio River. And the North won, but it was like a pivotal place. So it has so much history. There's a lot of, like, huge old mansions there, but literally all of them are falling down. And I think there's like a thousand people that still live there, but it looks like it's the largest like ghost town I've ever been in. Oh, wild. And I photographed and you can see, you can tell it used to be this like beautiful, like historic, like very well off town. Like shit captains live there and things of that nature. Right. And there's this downtown that, has just literally been forgotten and buildings are just in rubble, like falling down and no one gets rid of the buildings because who has money for that. So there's all like, there's this old hotel where the back of the hotel is falling backwards like this, and the bricks all gone. And you can see inside of it. The front reminds reminded me almost of like new Orleans where they have those iron terraces, like okay. those beautiful portraits. Like that. So it was an old hotel. Well, I photograph that and where it cuts off is right along like 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 the photograph is perfectly like part of it is missing where where it didn't spread correctly. But the part it captured, it was so perfect, man. Like it's like one of my favorite photographs I've ever taken. And it's just because I, I was like, Okay, so this side is gonna be blank probably. So I sort of tried to like mash it up to to what I was shooting and it just worked perfect. I was so hyped on it. That's it's cool. like, it's like fun shit. I mean, like, yeah, do that shit with a digital camera. <laughs> I mean, like, You could, I guess, I guess you could, but.
2: Well, you'd have to do a now, bunch of editing, which is no fun. Like, you know, that's. This just happened, you know, it's just, it was, it's how it wanted to behave and that's what it turned out. You know,
0: that's why I enjoyed it so much.
2: But anyway, sometimes though, you get those packs that kind of sound like the beach when you shake them. And those moments are super sad because it's like, (laughs) I
0: know. Well, I mean, you know, I can continue to refer back to Jason, but like a lot of his stuff's dried up now, which is so sad, you know? Yeah. It's just a heartbreaker. And he stores his stuff perfect. It's just like, what are you going to do?
2: It's old. Yeah, it's just old. Yeah, but sometimes Raymond has in his stories when they dig into the stash and they, they do stuff, and it turns out, and that looks really cool. Like, You talked to Raymond yet? Not yet. So I, I've been trying to get him on, and um, Jason's going to do another, like, a follow-up when he's off his Instagram break. Um, we're going to, like, talk about uh, his, some of his latest book projects and stuff because w- what sucked – the first time I had him on he was on an Instagram break and so I had to do this really kludgy fucking thing where I had him on zoom but then I was like putting the zoom on Instagram through this like third-party app and Instagram got rid of like the one hour limit um when you're doing lives but that one hour limit still applied to this like weird third-party app I was using and I had no idea so like midway through him and I talking the live just like cut off and it was like shit and like it, it kind of worked out good because like he hit like a natural pause where he was talking so it didn't look like awkward but then like it was kind of an interesting moment because like I was asking about like Del Mar skate ranch and stuff and like he was just sort of like drawing back memories from that and then like we still talk for like another like almost 40 minutes after the live broke down because he just, like, was thinking about all this stuff and it was, like, wild hearing him talk about these stories where he was, like, fanboying out about Tony Hawk and he's, like, him and his friends went down to Del Mar and, like, holy shit, that's Tony Hawk and look how ridiculous he's dressed. I was
0: growing up in Iowa, man. That shit's, like, mythical. I I can't even imagine that, you know? Like, that was, like, one of the people, like, when I found, like, when I was, like, so when I... Got into photography again. I got, you know, every podcast I could find, everything I could do, like all the, I was just collecting books and cameras and everything. And and then I realized, like, oh, shit, there's other people that are doing film and photographic. And so I, I checked out their work and stuff And Rainy Man. Holy smokes. That dude is so good. His, Amazing. his work is it's just unbelievable. Beautiful
2: his, work. His Polaroids book is just magnificent.
0: I love
2: it. it it's a great I book. love that. Eric also yeah, has some great work too. Um, I, I like. Him oh,
0: well. he, what a kind of guy that he is! Like Eric's an amazing person, and they all are. They were everybody's super
2: cool, but Eric's a sweetheart for sure. He he keeps a good crowd, and and it's funny. Like with with uh, you, you, kept mentioning Mallrats and stuff there, and like you know, it's it's funny that there's this Jason Link because it it comes up more often than not when I'm talking to people. But um, I met him for the first time when he was doing. The Leica workshop in Boston. Um Alan Evans convinced him to come to Boston and do a workshop and book signing yeah, for Plainview. Yeah. Yeah, I think I
1: remember.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and so I, I decided to like, you know, take a chance and like go down and see this thing. And uh it was it was an expensive ticket. And then after I bought it, I was immediately worried. I was like, what if he's a dick and it just like ruins everything for me? Because you know, they say never meet your heroes kind of thing. And uh sure totally opposite. Like he's one of the nicest people I've met. Like the only person nicer that I've met was Fred Penner and he's like a kid's TV show guy from like the eighties. So that makes sense. Um, (laughs) But when I was getting my book signed from him the first day, I was like, I may never get this opportunity to like be this close to him where it's like almost touching distance kind of thing. And so it was my turn to bring a book up and get him to sign it. And uh, I'm like, I'm so sorry about this, but um could I interest you in a chocolate pretzel? <laughs> classic,
0: classic mall rats. I'm like
2: I'm so sorry. Like I just don't know if I would ever had another chance to like say that to you and he's just like, Oh man. He kinda did like a groaner moment and then he's like, ah, I kinda laughed about it but he was really cool. Like we did a photo walk with him the next day in Boston and uh, Armand was there and uh that's where Armand I and Ar- I became great friends. Um I love Armand to death. Like one of the best people I know. He is. Yeah. We're yeah. we're debating <laughs> right now. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Did you ever meet Dustin? Dustin Beatty? in Manhattan? I think yeah, I think I did meet Dustin at a policon, I think.
0: Yeah, he, he does, he, I guess a long time ago he did Anthem Magazine. Okay. And that's when, um, Jason, we collaborate, do work with him and stuff, do photos and stuff. And I think that's when he shot Dennis Hopper, was for Anthem. And I got to give Dustin BD a lot of credit because I think he was a driving force in me being part of the, um, our, our Los Angeles show through film photographic. And, and, um, Letty as well and and that whole crew man like like all those people keep great company. They're all doing shit they're all doing rad stuff and like Dustin is an amazing photographer in his own right and he's always doing really rad stuff but that friend of mine who actually told me about Instagram knew Dustin they actually had done projects together and then through Dustin through all that it, it just kind of like snowballed into like me being part of that show in Los Angeles with Film Photographic, and it, I mean, talk about it's like what the fuck, you know, like <laughs> out of nowhere, man. You know, like within a few years of just me picking up a camera again, I'm going to be in a photo show with just the raddest people and people who are amazing photographers. It's cool, that, really cool. That
2: show is actually super cool. So, like, I bought the book recently because you can still get it on Film Photographic. I think there's still some copies of it. Um, so. Yeah, I, that title- yeah, the tiny little book, but um, the video. There's like a video that uh, Explorordinary did of it. Fucking Dude. amazing.
0: And, uh, people, the folks at Explorordinary, unbelievable people.
2: Yeah. So they did a great... That, that video, yeah. though, like if you guys haven't had a chance to go see it, it's. Um, I think if you Google like Our Town Explorordinary, uh, you should get a link to it. And um, it's it's a documentary they did about everyone that took photos uh, for that show. And uh, it, it was really cool, like, just getting to hear people's thoughts behind everything. And uh, I got to say, my favorite one, though, was was uh, Eric's. Like, hearing him talk about, like, his experience with, like, the people and stuff. And just, like, seeing him interact with everyone. I was just like, this guy is, like, fucking good shit. Like, you know, I've always appreciated Truth. Eric.
0: True. I mean, and just, like deep roots in Los Angeles and just like just such a good dude you know yeah and then like through that crew too like um there's like some other folks that I met through them that are part of like the Redlands crew like they'd be like all like the Redlands I'm, I'm blanking on what's called like some like art district there but like James he's an amazing painter and photographer and, um, Dusty Ferguson, he does really great photography. He just came out with a book, but all these people are like kind of like involved and in, in part of that whole crew of, of people who are just doing cool work, always doing really rad stuff, and are always quick to involve others. You know, it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it's it's cool how welcoming they all are. Like I, I've just I've always appreciated interacting with with all those guys. Like they're all good people.
0: Yeah, man. It's
2: cool. So you, so were you in Toronto at the time when you moved down to Boston? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I've told this story um, uh, other times, but um, I was living in Toronto and I was having a really hard time being in Toronto. I was um, not in a good place like headspace wise. And uh, you know, the Boston trip in a way kind of like saved my life a little bit because um, I was kind of like, at a point where I was just ready to, like, you know, end things. And then uh, I saw that Jason was doing this thing, and I'm like, well, you know, whatever, one last trip before I put a pin in it kind of thing. And I was like, you know, who cares about the money because it'll just go on a credit card and, you know, <laughs> try and get money yeah. out of a dead guy kind of thing. Um, but then, like, that trip was amazing. Like, getting to hang out with, with Jason was really cool. But the friendship I made with Armand was, like... Um, a turning point for me because like the Armand um, he introduced me to the instant film society and started getting more involved Mm -hmm. with that. And then the community and the kinship I found through all of that, uh, like through the instant film society, through Armand, through, through Jason and everything really turned things around for me. And um, you know, it made a, made a huge difference. Like um, you know, the Boston trip in a way was like kind of a lifesaver cuz i've had wow, a few man. of those like moments where it's like when i was a kid i was in a bad space and it's like punk music saved my life and then you know same
0: with me yes.
2: yeah punk rock and,
0: yeah straight up i mean you know i was just in a it sounds so bad but like growing up in the midwest everybody hates growing up in the midwest like we all hated it like all my friends hated it like it's like and there's so many reasons why I maybe mean, cuz we all grew up in small towns and we think the grass is greener on the other side what a you know whatever but Punk rock music, I mean, I went to a private Catholic school, and punk rock music, like, opened up my entire world, man. I mean, I you know, my entire world changed because of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, yep. it saved it, so many people.
0: Yeah, and, and honestly, film photography, you know, to a similar extent, like, I like I say, like, you know, I kind of played it off like it was like small little turbulent ups and downs of life, but, I, you know, some real hardcore life shit happened to me kind of around the same time, and thank God for photography, man, you know? <laughs> it's just, because it, because it, what it does is it, it gets you interacting with people with similar passions, yeah. and honestly, a lot of them hold similar passions outside of photography that I do as well, you know what I mean? We have a similar mindset, and, and, and they're easy to talk to, you know? And, and it was all an intro to these people through a shared interest in
2: photography so it's it's such sure. a powerful community and just even mm-hmm. as a hobby it, it's a cool thing and um like that's what one of the things that always drew me into jason's work especially after i started digging into it more was like his road trip stuff like a plane view is is one of my most favorite um photo books that i have because like
1: it's really good man
2: it, it's so good, and, like, you know, I, I haven't spent a lot of time in Texas, but, like, looking at the way that he framed those photos, it just reminded me of road trips when I was a kid in Western Canada because, you know, if you didn't know that that book was exclusively Texas, like, a lot of those photos could look like they could have been, like, dick hole anywhere in North America kind of stuff. Sure. And um, so it's, like, that that kind of, like, you know, touched me a bit where I was, like, I want to do this kind of shit. Like, and I think it's important to like capture this kind of stuff because who knows, like stuff from a plain view is probably not going to be around like, you know, five, 10 years from now.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Eggleston is a guy that like, I see parallels with that kind of work too, where he, he will go back Just Jason goes back. I go back to same, same places. You know what I mean? All the time. I used to shoot. And you do, you see the degradation and it doesn't take long. You know, when nature wants to take something over that's been abandoned, it's gone and it goes quick and it changes quickly. Um, and man tears it down too from time to time. It depends on where it's at. But like one thing that I really enjoy just to kind of explore what we were just talking about as far as like, it could be Texas or it could be Western Canada well, it can be, it can be central, eastern California. Yeah. It could be Iowa, Kansas. They, there's so many rural places in the North America area. And it seems like it's very similar throughout, you know, so much agriculture, so many dark, dusty, dirty roads. And just, you know, you get off those big interstates and those little towns could literally be in any state it feels like you know it's and and up in canada that's a place man i gotta tell you i took a huge road trip oh i don't know five years ago maybe and we went all the way up to the yukon from san francisco holy shit and camped and road trip and stuff beautiful bro like just unbelievable unbelievable country like we fell in love with canada Alaska was cool. We went to Alaska and stuff, but Canada's rad. I cannot wait to explore your country more. It is really cool, man.
2: Well, if you're ever in Vancouver, let me know. I'd be happy to show you around.
0: Straight up, and and that'll be. Isn't there is there workshops that are somewhere around Vancouver? There's a. I'm blanking right now. This stinks. Um, there is a Instagram crew i follow and they they're always posting like they do workshops on an
2: island somewhere near oh, vancouver yeah probably in victoria there's like vancouver is island it. which is close by yeah so cool man like
0: and, and like some of the photographers that are part of that workshop like they'll they'll like bring some star photographer in and they'll like do the workshop with them really neat stuff, like really, really cool. I wish I wasn't blanking right now, and I'm not going to try to look it up or think about it too hard, but um, that's another thing. There's like so many resources out there too, like through whether it be social media or just talking to friends about like, uh, you know, just like different possibilities through workshops or shows. You know, I see people posting like, hey, like send your work in and, and maybe we'll select you, you know, to be part of like this group show or you know, enter your work in and get it, like, have this jury of photographers, you know, critique your work. Stuff like, I find that exciting, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I've ever really been part of a, a collective group that does stuff like that, you know, or, like, that has that kind of interest
2: in it, you know? Was it Seanan Lake? Was that the, the one you are hearing about? No... It's funny.
0: I I really am blanking on it, man. I I can't say. I don't know if it's um, all format collective used to do stuff. I I don't think so. I I, I honestly, I can't remember. I'm sorry, man. I'm blanking. But it was something like it was something Island. They and and they would have workshops. I mean, honestly, horrible podcast guests right now. I mean, I bring something up and I have no (laughs) greater than that. It's but all, it's anyway, all it does just prove the, my point, though, that there's, like, you can get involved, man. You can really go for it, you know? Like, um, you know, one thing I want to do here in Iowa now that I'm back is, you know, and, and I, for a long time I felt like oh, I would never do that because so many other people do this. But, like, try to get people involved in this whether they just see this like kind of gimmicky one-time thing but I would love to have like a little, little gallery space in high school I used to frame pictures for a, gallery, a local gallery in the same town I live in now and I want to get back into that I want to start framing pictures again sort of like a little gallery here in my town and then I was thinking well that'd be really cool to like rent out film cameras and process film and and sell some film cameras and, and do little workshops for, you know, because uh, I'm also trying to volunteer for my local um, little museum here um, in the archives. And so I thought, boy, that'd be really an interesting thing Like have another program for kids to do in the summer, like just learn film here, or adults, you know, get a little wine involved or something. And, and I don't know, I, I think it'd be kind of cool to kind of spread the word around, Little old Iowa here, so that's the goal. That that's where be. I'm at right now. I, I love and the but, but I would, that. I wouldn't think about putting myself out like that if other people weren't doing that too. You know, and that's what's that's kind of what's kept me to, on Instagram. Is it, it is inspirational if you can find your the people you want to follow anymore? It's tough. You see a bunch of crap you don't want to follow or know about, but if you if you're diligent about it and you and you search out the people you care about, like. People are doing cool stuff, man. And it is
2: and it is inspirational, you know? It, it is true. Like, I, I've had a storied history with, with Instagram. And um, for the most part, it's been positive. But that's only because in the last, like, five, six years, I've changed how I interact with Instagram. Like, I've been using it since 2011. And I used to have a toxic relationship with it that, you know, wasn't healthy like a lot of people do. Um, but... You know, this would have never happened if it wasn't for Instagram, and uh, I wouldn't have been able to talk to, like, so many interesting folks if if it wasn't for for Instagram, so there's good things that come out of it.
0: It's so funny to say that, right, about a social media thing, but it's so true. Like, I would never know anybody that I know now, like, that that are involved in the – I probably wouldn't be shooting photos right now, you know? Like, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe I would. Like I say, it's always sort of been like on the peripheral for me, but, um, I don't know, man. Like it's inspirational to me just to see people's work all the time. You know, I mean, you can do it where it's like a, a competitive thing and, and you feel like you have to keep up and never you know, Oh, look at all that. Look at that person's doing. Well, that's you. That's on you. You know? Yeah. Like that's just sharing what they're doing. You know, like if, if, like, I like to, to get inspired by what other people are shooting, you know, and like, oh, what, you know, interesting, interesting thought on that subject matter, you know, or I wouldn't have shot it from that angle or, you know, or that close or, or maybe even that far away, or, you know, um, and so that, that's been kind of like how I've approached it because, of course, there's so many times where I'm like, Ugh, I can't take this anymore, you know, I can't take caring and looking at this all the time, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: And so, you know, there's times when I post less or I, I stop looking at it, but more than not people are doing cool shit and it hypes me up, you know?
2: <laughs> there, There's so. lots of cool shit there. And like, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been going through a bit of a lull myself where, um, I haven't been feeling super creative and haven't really felt enticed to share much of anything or like feel like it's interesting at all. So the only thing that's been keeping me on the Instagram lately is just the chat. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's, I, I kind of like Jason's approach to where like he, he ducks off for like, months at a time and then he'll like pop up yeah. when he needs to do something and then he like drops off again and if it wasn't for the chat I would probably like do that I would deactivate for a bit while I'm just like you know not feeling super creative but on the same token I'm also very grateful to be able to have this platform and, and chat with people and um, mm-hmm. you know you have a, a love for Polaroid and pack film and things like that have you ever um, thought about going down to uh, a Policon, uh in Denton
0: of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when they had it in Texas, I wanted to go to that really bad. I just couldn't, couldn't get it done. Um, but my life has changed so much. I have a little bit more time on my hands, and, and it's definitely going to be in the works sooner than later. I'd love to do it. They had one in San Francisco. I went to that one.
2: So they, they've uh, changed it up a little bit. So historically and traditionally, the official Policon happens in Den, Texas. Um, but Brian Brooks uh, from the Bay Area photography uh, well, peeps, he he came to Policon 3 and he basically said, I like what you guys got here. You should do mm-hmm. one in San Francisco or I'm just going to steal your idea and do it anyway. So it's like you can be part of it or not, but it's going to happen. <laughs> that sounds
0: like He's such a cool dude, man. He's a really
2: cool dude. Oh, he's he's the greatest of all time. I fucking love Brian. He's one of my favorite people. Um I miss him. Super it's talented. So, so talented. And just like so kind.
0: Yeah.
2: Like it's Yeah, another
0: guy wants people involved. Another guy that wants stuff going on, you know. It's really rad.
2: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. He just wants to get people involved. He just wants people to have a good time. And uh yeah, just a really, really awesome dude. Um if you get a chance, you should come down this year. Um, it's the last weekend of September.
0: Of September, yeah, and it's going to be in Denver. Yes, sir. Okay, and you're going to be there.
2: Yeah, Ar- Armand and I have been talking about uh, maybe driving. So, because I was looking at flights and like airlines are all fucked right now. And bro, um,
0: I even. And I can't mean, even imagine trying yeah. to
2: fly right now. Well, in like, oh. you know, our our national carrier, Air Canada, just announced that they're, like, shutting down, like, 200 flights a day just because they can't handle it. And so, mm. naturally, like, prices are going to go up, which they, they did when I was looking at, like, you know, what it was going to cost to go to Denton. It was going to be, like, 1200 bucks. When, you know, the last time I went, it was, like, six 700 Um, And I was like, well, fuck, if it's going to be that much money, I may as well just drive down. So... Yeah. Um, Armand's thinking about, like, flying up to Washington, maybe, like, Bellingham or Seattle or something. I'll pick him up there, and he'll drive down with me uh, to uh, to Texas, so I have some company one way. Um, so, yeah, I think we're we're going to do that. Sounds like an
0: awesome, man. Great photo trip.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm just going to take two weeks off, and so it'll probably be about, when I was looking at maps, it's about three or four days to get from Vancouver to Denton. Um, sure. And spend a few days there, and then just like take my time on the way back.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing, and and all the cool stuff you can see along the way. I mean, I don't know what route you would take, but oh, there's such great. Just I think I used this word before, but detritus. There's just so much just laying around and to look at, and, and beautiful landscapes, and I, I love I love that whole area. Like I've spent a lot of time now, like along what is it, the 40, I think I've taken, Um, and that goes clear through Texas, I believe. It's so cool. It's such a neat area. I actually know it's really pathetic, but I was in Austin and met up with those guys to go to a uh, motorcycle race, and I did not get to Denton. I have not gotten to see, I've not experienced Denton Camera Exchange yet. Seriously? It's so sad, I know. So I really should uh, make the voyage and do it, meet up with
2: you guys. That'd be so fun, dude. Absolutely, yeah. So it's it's a thirty-four hour drive from Vancouver to Denton. Oh, so great. Um, And honestly, flying You know, when it used to be convenient, of course, it makes complete
0: sense. But when they price us all out, and it's not convenient at all, and it's like torture to fly. Man, there's nothing like a good old road trip, you know, especially because you don't have to worry about film being scanned. You can take, you know, all the cameras your heart desires as much as you can fit in your vehicle. It's just the best.
2: Man. Well, and that's kind of the thought with it, because, like, I was thinking of taking the 4 by 5 down, and then I've been talking to Daniel about doing an episode of the chat there, because the first year I went to, to Policon, um, Brandy, Um, I can't remember the person she used to do the chat with, but, um, they used to do a photography podcast and they did a live, um, recording at Policon, which was cool. And, um, forever on the internet, there's a a clip of me saying that I wanted to hunt down all the Fuji executives that decided to kill pack film. And I was going to line them all up in a row and teabag them individually for their crimes against photography.
0: What a weird deal. Yeah, that's, Yeah. That's a hard time to think about cuz it's tough, you know, like if ever there was a more deserving crew to get tea baked individually
2: it would be them. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah. they're <laughs> why? I don't understand why. Like I don't understand why to just let it die.
2: So the the story that I heard was it wasn't that it wasn't profitable. They were making plenty of money off of pack film. But the reason they decided to get rid of pack film uh, was because they did an assessment and discovered that for what they were spending, um, or sorry, for the same amount of factory space that it was taking them to do um, pack film, if they use that same amount mm-hmm. of space for uh, packaging cosmetics, they could make more money. So they stripped down that uh, factory, converted it all to uh, to doing cosmetics, and then that's uh, that's why we don't have pack film. Apparently, that's the story I've heard.
0: But to, to just keep it away from you, know what I mean, like to not, I get it, money. Okay, not a huge surprise. Okay, that's fine make your money, do your thing, do whatever you want to do, you know, make horrible products or do whatever you need to do. But what I don't understand is like, can then not give or sell the technology or, per, you know what I mean? I don't understand like why you just like, no, we're not going to tell anybody how we did it. We're not going to give anybody the, the, you know, uh, machines or any of the uh, um, you know hard goods that produce these items, and we're just going to let it all die. We're going to tear it all out, throw it away.
2: Well, the machines don't exist anymore, so they apparently retrofitted all the pack film machines to package cosmetics. Um, designs are out there, but the other par- problem is like there's a technical deficit of people that know how to like build and operate those machines those people sure. either are either too old to do it or are dead now, uh, which is like double sad. Like that's also, I, when I was talking to Phil Steble from the Darkroom lab, he was talking mm-hmm. about like, that's why we don't have new, um, yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. he, he was saying like, that's why we don't have new film SLR cameras is no one really has the ability to make shutters properly for those kinds of cameras. Because we, we lost that technical ability.
0: Isn't that funny? Because, like, back in the day, like, these great cameras, you know, that we all still love and enjoy, it, it just kind of breaks my heart because had we just, like, kept being able to do that, think of where these film cameras could be today. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, the amount of, like, technology, and we're supposed to be so more much more advanced, it's, People don't know how to do what people used to know how to do. You know? It's just kind of funny to me. It's like, that's why we can't make pack film cameras? Because you can't figure it out? What the hell are you talking about? I mean, like, I'm talking to you and you're in Canada right now. I'm seeing you face to face. You're like, you know, basically in the same room. But they can't figure it out? Like, give me a break. Like, but I, I don't know.
2: Even even the thing I mean, I'm that... an idiot. Well, I, I wouldn't say you're an idiot. But, like, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know, you're... you're... Yeah, I am. But like all these wizards out there, come on, wizards, make
0: make the film
2: again. Do something like that. Uh-huh. The 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 thing is though, I think we're running out of wizards, and they've been replaced <laughs> with like charlatans and asshats, and like e- even the internet. So it's like we have this amazing moment to be able to be talking face to face, like you know, future technology. Um, you know, it's not quite hoverboards and Star Trek, but you know. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's better than like long distance phone calls with AT&T. Um, all the infrastructure though that we're using right now is ancient and held together with yeah. duct tape and bailing wire. And like that's something that a lot of people don't understand about the Internet is it's not this amazing, robust thing that is like, you know, infallible. It's kind of like three kids in a coat sharing your messages all over the world. And you know, That's a great way to put. It, it could be very easily destroyed and we could like lose everything. Um, But they don't really want people to know that cause they don't want people to panic, but it's just, you know, working in it and like, you know, learning some of the things I have, I'm just like, you know, it's, it's amazing, but it's also like, Holy shit. Like we're not really strengthening it up a lot. We're just kind of like tacking more and more and more on this stuff that like really has its underpinnings in projects that started in the fifties and sixties.
0: Hmm. Well, that's why I, we just all have to learn how to make our own plates now. Yeah. You know, Just, just make your own plate and then do, um, and then hand color them, you know, that'll be our color film now.
2: That would be kind of wild. It's <laughs> Dude, how about, have you, do you follow this fodder? No, you should send me their um, their thing. I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, Liz is cool. She's a Texas shooter, and she—I um, don't know—like I followed her for a little while, and she started hand, um, like, coloring her black and white panoramic cam- uh, sh- shots. And it's unbelievable. I mean, it's beautiful, yeah. dreamy. You know, it's really cool.
2: So, yeah, I I was just looking on on, uh, Google Maps here on on the the computer machine, and uh, it looks like the trip, the route it's recommending is going through Washington, up into Idaho, across Idaho into Montana, and then dipping through Montana into whatever is between Montana and Colorado into Denver. And then through mm-hmm. through Colorado, into the tip of Oklahoma, and then into Texas, and shooting down. Yeah, that's like the Panhandle
0: of Oklahoma. That's a super cool area too. Will you will
2: it take you to Kansas at all? Uh, no, no. It's so uh, there. There is another route that's know, it's only like an hour longer that um, dips across uh, Montana. Into South Dakota, um, yeah, through Nebraska, uh, and then kind of a the government, but but cool stuff to look at. Yeah, and then that that route takes you through Wichita. It doesn't it? Doesn't quite hit Kansas, but you know, eh, I, I have bad memories about Kansas, so I'm not really super keen on going back there. But Man, I gotta be
0: honest, we just recently went there's
2: a uh, so we have a '94
0: Toyota Land Cruiser that we're trying to restore a little bit and we found this like literally in the middle of nowhere town in Kansas like and they even live on the outskirts of that this this guy who his whole family runs this like Toyota Land Cruiser specific restoration company and so we just recently road tripped down there to drop the Land Cruiser off and then kind of piddled around looked around Kansas does not disappoint if you ever do get a chance. It's like Texas. There's like so many weird-ass cool things to see to see in those states, man.
2: Yeah, like I, I've been to Kansas City and um, mm-hmm. dipped through Kansas City um, and then took back roads down through um, <clears throat> Missouri um, to go to Tulsa. Uh, for Jason's yep. uh, opening of uh, his his Oklahoma photos, and uh, one of my
0: best Tulsa now, man Tulsa's
2: a cool spot. Tulsa's Tulsa is very cool. cool. I, I like Tulsa mm-hmm. a lot. Like it's it's a it's oh, a cool shit. space.
0: Tulsa's uh, got so much cool stuff going on now.
2: Justine, yeah, the Philbrook Museum there is fucking amazing. They're doing all sorts of cool shit. And
0: so you went to that too? Yeah. I was still bummed to not be able to go. I gotta
2: stop saying that. Man. I just gotta start going, you know. <laughs> yeah, just just head out, man. Um, I, I was I was bummed to miss Galveston because um, I was gonna go yeah. check out the Galveston one, but travel restrictions were still not great, and I didn't really want to fuck around with uh, the the whole testing thing and all that. And testing requirements are all gone now, but um, yeah, I, I really wanted to make it down <laughs> for Galveston.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, another completely unique spot to go look around at. You know what I mean? Like, I've never been to Galveston. I've never even thought about going to Galveston. But, you know, now I have this great insight to Galveston through Jason's work. You know, it's so neat. It's really cool.
2: Yeah, the, the book is fantastic. Like, it's such a cool book. And mm-hmm. I can't wait for the Oklahoma book to come out because those Oklahoma photos he did were stunning. And, uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. The work that Steve did with, like, the printing and framing, also amazing. Like, I bet. Yeah. yeah. It, it was cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, like, I mean, I
2: always bug him and,
0: and tell him, like, it's just constant inspiration. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> you know, like I'm, So he hooked me up with this guy named Dave Wood from DR5. Okay. Are you familiar with DR5? So he used DR5 for a ton of his black and white work.
2: Yeah. That
0: man's a wizard.
2: Yeah, he's, he's, was, he's shutting it down, though, which is sad.
0: He is, man, because it's just, you know, everybody... It's so hard to sustain. because I mean, honestly, going to visit his wizard shop, literally, I can't stop saying it. The man is, is... He's so smart. I mean, he's a scientist first, an amazing photographer as well. And the work he's producing right now is super, super cool. But... I've now gotten, to, cause now I live in Iowa. He lives in this town called Stewart, Iowa, super mm-hmm. small town, but it's right outside of Des Moines, yep. which is still a small, town, but it at least has an airport, you know? So he's positioned really well to like be able to travel and work and whatnot. Um, and he bought this beautiful Masonic temple building, gorgeous old building and he does his wizardry in the basement and, and he has this custom-made machine that dunk like all this technology that he can do everything on a mass scale and he just doesn't have anybody sending an a you negative know, or sending the film so it's like how do you because he can't you know how it was explained to me is basically you can't let the chemicals just sit Yeah. Or they, and so what do you do? You know, especially, you know, how everything's more expensive. You know, plywood is expensive. I just experienced that today, let alone chemicals. You know, I mean, it's gone up like five, ten times on it. And it's just so hard for him to sustain that, you know, let alone like try to like boost interest when you have to raise prices. It's super tough, but I mean, just being able to get some of my work done through DR5 now and just to meet the man behind it it, and and his partner, Barbara, they're just great people. I mean, great photographers, again, but I wouldn't know them if it weren't for Jason and I wouldn't know Jason if it weren't for Instagram. You know what I mean? So it kind of all kind of comes back to just like, you know, it's where you find inspiration and, and I've been... You know, so lucky just through his work, but then also the people he's connected me with. You know, like I wouldn't know you, did.
2: You know what I mean? Like that's true.
0: That's you know, and 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 get to listen to all your great work that you're doing. You know, because like podcast, like so like again, I still own a window cleaning company. Um, and what do I do all day? Put the earbuds in and just clean windows and listen to photo talk. It's the best, you know, it's just the best. And so, and it's super inspirational. Like the work that you do and everyone that is, are producing these photo podcasts, I love all the work, you know, and, but a lot of it I found out through Instagram, man. And I wouldn't find out it any other way, you know, other than maybe word of mouth, but that's, that's less and less these days. So
2: I don't know this whole thing exists because of Instagram too, like for, for mine anyways. Um, because it, it just happened as, uh, I was stuck in my apartment during lockdown in Toronto and I saw these other people doing these live things and I'm like, what the fuck is this live thing? And so I would just like be dinner and I turn the live on and then, you know, people just start asking me like photo questions and then they were just like, you should just do a photo thing. And that was three years ago now. And, um, I still have no idea what the fuck I'm doing with this thing. Um,
0: You're easy to talk to, man.
2: Pretty great. What is it? Oh, uh, Oh, so I do have an audio-only version of the podcast. It's already out there, Paul. If you go on Spotify, Apple, Audible, all of the different things, uh, just search Photography Chat with Merlin, and all of the episodes are up there. Um, I got this fancy-pantsy road Soundboard that records the audio as well Too so I saw some uh, Comments that the audio on Instagram was Terrible um, the audio on The podcast will not be terrible Because it comes straight out of the recording Thing so I mean come on Paul you don't want to see us Man what's,
0: what's the deal
2: <laughs> Well I mean I, I look all like I'm Stoned out of my mind right now because look- I haven't been sleeping Well dude I'm, I'm so jealous Of the beard have you ever uh, Listened to a band or heard of a band Called uh, Psycho Stick no. Oh man. <laughs> they're like no? this this ridiculous like metal band that does all of these like uh fucking just corny corny sl- they did a tribute to Bruce Campbell and they actually got Bruce Campbell to be in the music video. Um they okay. did a cover of Let the Bodies Hit the Floor, but it was like I can only count to four. <laughs> and, yeah. Um so but they're they- they're fun. They're, they're a lot of fun and uh, they do live streams all the time. So it's like when they could no longer tour, they were like, Holy shit, how are we going to make money? And then they decided to just do virtual concerts.
1: Sure.
2: So they set up a really cool platform like through Twitch and Patreon and like all this stuff where they do like full on like concerts online and people just, you know, send them tips or whatever. And they've managed to like turn that into like the same as what it, cost them when they were touring like for what they were making yeah like, now they never have to leave their garage which is kind of cool right. but why <laughs> i mentioned them
0: i mean i guess for the for the convenience of it all maybe but i can't imagine not like interacting with the crowd you know what i mean
2: I'm, I'm sure they'll get out to regular touring again at some point because there is something magical about like playing in front of a group of people like you know i haven't done it since t- 2008 but um I miss that shit. Like there's, there's like a magic when you see all those people having a good time and it's cause you're doing yeah. stuff.
0: And the, just the collective energy of a crowd. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable, you know, like being in the crowd, I'm, I'm I'm on that side of things. I just am the crowd member, but like, it's just, it's amazing, you know, like getting that energy from, from a collective experience together, you know? So it's something I haven't been to in a long time, man. I haven't gone to live music in a long time. In fact, it's kind of funny that we're talking right now. So July 4th will be one year, my one-year anniversary of being back in Iowa. And we missed it last year because it was, like, the day before, I believe. And on the 4th was the Saturday. But we, right by at my new, like, where we live now is this park. And there is a free show, a free concert. And there's like, I don't know, 10 or 12 musicians that are, you know, bands and stuff that are playing. But like, I've seen B.B. King play my little park here oh. when he was alive and still playing. And that was a very long time ago. But I think setting the parks now, this is like the 30th, 31st year of this like free, free concert series they do. And it's, it's always... In and around July fourth, and this year it's the second, and so we're preparing because like pretty soon there's going to be like thirty thousand people in my neighborhood, oh, holy and shit. at that park, and so this will be I get to see live music, man, in a long time. It's kind of fun, so well,
2: that would be fun. You'll have to tell honestly, me And honestly, man, when you
0: I will when you sent me the uh, the you do a great job with your like all your graphics and stuff and like showcasing the uh, guest photos and stuff. So I want to give you a thumbs up on that. But when you, re- when you sent it to me, I was like, Oh my God, man, I was in back of my house here setting up a stage because I'm also having a band play at my house that day. And so I was like doing all this work. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got a shower. I got, I'm not going to be able to, I can't blow Merlin off. What am I doing? So it was like a mad dash, bro, but, like, I'm so happy we connected because, I don't know, I've been looking forward to this since you asked me. I, I mean, I'm tickled, man. I'm, I'm honored to be on your
2: show. So, Dude, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show, and, like, you know, it's I. that's cool that um, you're going to have a, a stage in the back. Like, live music is such an amazing thing, and it's it's something that I've missed so much um, through yeah. this whole pandemic. Well, so many of us have. Like, it's just... I know, yeah. man.
0: I know and it's funny too because I am still like I don't know like even a year being outside of California like when we were in San Francisco we were so cautious like so my my girlfriend she's a teacher and I'm a small business owner so like I shut down for a long time she worked remotely for a year and it was just like really gnarly and we, we did everything we could to just stay good you know, and, and now that we're back, like, you know, my parents are in their 70s. Well, my dad's in his 70s. My mom's in her 60s. And it's like, you just got to keep your family safe and stuff, you know. So, like, we, we're we still pretty cautious. But, like, the numbers are really low, luckily, here in Iowa, somehow. And um, it's just funny that, like, still the thought of going in to a cramped small venue with a bunch of people, I don't know, man. I, I'm still, like, freaked out about it a little bit. So... It's nice that my first, like, foray back into it is going to be out of the in other words. So I'm
2: excited about it. I I was in Nashville um, a month and a half ago for a big work event. And um, it was a little nerve-wracking because I was, like, bracing myself for it, being like, this is probably where I'm finally going to get COVID from Um, because, like, you know, Nashville's been known for like COVID basically hasn't existed there for the whole pandemic. Cause it's like, if you ignore it hard enough, it just goes away. Right. Um, but it was, of, it, it was super wild because like we, we went to some like bars and stuff downtown, and, like, you know, no one's masking. And it was like, if you wear a mask, everyone like, looks at you funny. So you're just like, you know, you appear pressured into like not doing it. And then you're like, Oh my God, we're all raw dog in the air right now in the middle of a pandemic still. Oh shit. Um, there was like a few thousand people that went to this conference that I was part of and something like 38% of the folks that went, ended up catching COVID two people. I was in close proximity with caught it, uh, but I didn't get it nor any of my other teammates. And we were like, how did we not get it? That's super weird. Because like, we were like with those people and it's just weird.
0: I know. It feels like a mystery a little bit, you know, like, and that's just, I guess what, you know, fre- freaked us out and still does a little bit. Is like, it is so like, to my knowledge, I've not ever had it. I mean, I lived in Iowa for a year, and no one masks here at all. Like, it's not nothing, no, nowhere, none. I mean, maybe once or twice a month, I may see somebody with a mask, and it's just—I uh, don't know, man. Somehow stayed healthy. I don't, I don't know. I mean, not to dive down that. I mean, fucking talking about COVID is so at it, all it's. Well, but we all. It's one of those. All collectively experienced together, you know. It's like one of those rare moments where everybody had to deal with it, whether they wanted
2: to or not. You know? Well, so. and then there's like new weird stuff coming up too, because like now apparently polio is making uh, a resurgence because of vaccination gaps. Polio. So, yeah, so you bad. polio. Polio. Yeah.
1: Sick.
2: Yeah. Cool, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, its just, we not only are we like going back into the dark ages with like you know women's rights and all that kind of stuff to you but all those old viruses are coming back too for like another round being like you know what i think you need a crooked spine let's let's uh let's fix that up for you
0: yeah you, you thought covid was fun let's bring out some of the greatest hits you know what i mean <laughs> bring polio back but yeah, what a exactly. real deal i mean that maybe it's because i'm in a little tunnel over here but I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's, it is weird. I, I don't know if I've never felt this kind of energy in my country, anyway. You know, like, it's intense, man. It's really intense.
2: It's, it's a weird energy because it's, it's a bit scary and exhausting. And, um, yeah, just like, do what you can to be safe out there and, like, you know, spend time with people you care and love about and support them is, is like, all we really can do right now. Um,
0: this brings me back, though. How great is it that we have photography to dwell on?
2: You know what I mean? Like, we could, you
0: know, it's so easy to get down these, like, holes of, like, ah, okay, now everything sucks, everything's horrible, like, what a mess politically, what a mess health-wise, no one knows what they're doing. And, all I have to worry about is this, you know what I mean? Or or this. That's all I care about, you know what I mean? Like, I get to, I get to like, take my focus away from the hell news that day, and and get to focus on a passion.
2: Just wait, wait a sec, sorry. Did, did you just like, did you just casually whip out an X-Pan?
0: It's not an X-Pan, bro. Okay. It's, It's the X-Pan's best friend, the Fuji TX-1. Um, I'm to understand that Fuji and Hasselblad joined forces to make these cameras, and they shared technology and information with each other. And this I actually got for my road trip to the Yukon. Oh, wow. That's why I got this. And it was cool, man. I got some cute like the image, the images of this camera. It's the same camera as the Hasselblad. The same yeah. thing. It's just not painted black. And uh, I, I love this camera. It is funny though. Like, I've, you know how many times I, I've, I've just like hashtag Fuji TX one, and people are like, "What is it, man? Is it a digital or is it film? Why are you putting the Fuji camera on there? Is it film or is it digital? It's one or the other. It can't be both." I'm like, just. Pump the brakes, you know? Gee, Louise, it's, it is a film camera, you know? That's just what it's called. Some people
2: just get so, worried about that kind of shit, though. Like, whatever.
0: I love the camera, though. And, and it's funny, though, like I bought it because it has the – I mean, it's a true panoramic camera, um, as you can tell by its beautiful size. But there's a really cool option where you can just switch it back, and then it covers up most of the frames to be like 35 millimeter format again. And it's such a cool camera. It's basically like, it's, it's like my substitute for a Leica M6 basically. Cause it, it has like beautiful, just bright screen. It's got in-house metering. It's just a beautiful, beautiful rangefinder camera. I love it. I absolutely love it. But see, I get to dwell on that instead of like worrying about COVID numbers. Because I do that too, but then I then I get to go back to like okay now you can refocus since I've had my panic attacks for the day over you know what's going on in the world. I I have a passion and it's just such a wonderful passion to have. You know, photography is so cool. It's such a neat thing.
2: It it's it is a very cool passion and it's also like a really powerful tool to like connect and to document and to like just preserve uh, things out there. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's been cool to get to know more about you. And dude, you should really try to come down to Policon this year.
0: I will. I really will. Um, now that I, because I thought I missed it. Wasn't there one in San Francisco already? Yeah. Didn't so they
2: do one? Uh, the Bay Area one happens in March, and then um, gotcha. Policon proper happens uh, last weekend of uh, September. It it lines up every year with when they open up the Texas State Fair.
0: Oh, cool. Uh, and then I got to give a because you just said that you were in um, uh, Nashville. A friend of mine, I actually started helping her a little bit. I need to be more of more help to her, but she does a like, it, it's not just a photo show, but it's like photo, um, painters, music, and she does it at the Dive Motel, and it's for Halloween, and it's a big art show. And so I'm helping curate that now with her. That's and cool. so, if you ever—probably not this year—but if you ever can swing a Halloween trip, it is such a blast. And this is number two, so we're going to keep this thing going. But its, it's she even has like uh, independent filmmakers have their shorts, short films showing during it. It was, it was a real blast. It was a—it was a really good time.
1: That's so if awesome. you ever
0: fly to Nashville uh, over uh, Halloween highly suggest coming and i'll give you more information about that i'll just bug you and send you stuff send you the show flyer whether you can make it or not whatever but it's fun man i mean that's another thing like putting shows on being part of shows like how cool is that you know like it's just such a unique thing i never thought i'd show my work you know i'm so
2: happy it, it is a really cool thing. Like I, I just put together um, a group show um, two months ago of some of my work and some friends work in Toronto. And uh, there's a, a book out of it right now of like what all the photos were in, in the show and everything. But um, it was a lot of fun to like do a group show. And it was like, you know, first one I've been part of since the pandemic. So it was like, yeah. need, need to see my pals and like see their pals come out and like, you know, be stoked about their work and everything. And, Um, Mm -hmm. Jason Moore and I were talking about maybe doing a show in Vancouver of like Instagram photographers. Um, Mm -hmm. so even if they couldn't make it out, just like find somewhere where we could like, you know, have their, their work up, like maybe even just use my studio. Um, that's something we've been like toying around with for, for an idea. And
0: you said Jason Moore? Yeah. Solid dude, another solid human being. Like so cool. Guy.
2: Yeah,
0: I gotta give another shout. So we actually, um, we were bummed that Jason couldn't make it out, but he was had other engagements, and I think it was I think it had something to do with his work being shown. It could have been the Philbrook. I can't remember, but um, Matt, do you know Matt? Um, he he lives up. I think it's sort of. Where does he live again? I can't remember. A little north of San Francisco, um, but he and I put on a show in San Francisco, and and Jason was kind enough to let us use the film photographic kind of mon, moder- you know, like logos and stuff for it. It was it was sort of like a little tiny film photographic slash, you know, just Northern California shooters, and like Bob was part of it, and and all these dudes that are up in in northern california but my friend michelle killfeather do you do you follow her at all michelle killfeather no i have to look her up. she's amazing dude and she actually during the reason i brought up that little show uh that we did uh was because um michelle got an idea she helped us like hang the show and stuff and it's actually a really great turnout i called the little show i was very proud of it there's like Hundreds of people there. We were blown away by it. Um, and anyway, uh, COVID happened, and Michelle was like, hey, let's do an outside projected show. So she projected photographs on the side of a building, and everybody was just outside. And it, it was so cool, man. I mean, it was just one of those things. So I was up, able to be a part of that, too. And I was just like holy smokes, you know, like what a great idea because we were all down. Like you couldn't show work. You couldn't be part of the community. And then all of a sudden she's like, no way, we'll do it outside. We'll just project it on a wall, you know. That's Again, cool. it's just crazy, doing cool stuff. You know, she's she's an awesome shooter too. Um, she kind of has a painterly quality because she used to be a painter. So her perspective is really interesting. She's a really great, great eye for sure.
2: That's really cool. Sure. You uh, send okay. send me her profile so I can check it out. I want to want to see her stuff. I,
0: I for sure
2: and I don't
0: know why I'm blanking right now on Matt's handle.
2: Do you know who I'm talking about? No, Matt. I don't think I've met Matt.
0: Matt Burke.
2: No, I, Matt
0: met... Matt. He's such a solid dude. He's another one of those guys. I met him because of, through film, photographic, and Jason stuff. He was such a great inspiration when I was up in Northern California and we, he and I kept in touch and like are still homies and he is just such a good dude, such a good guy. I'll send you his information too. Um, and then, uh, Bob, Bob Price from photo filming. He's a solid dude. He was another Northern California guy, but that show was really cool, man. And it was just like, again, just inspired by what other people are doing. So it's like, we should do this, you know, why not? Us? You know? And that's so—that's the fun of it, you know. That's right.
2: I love it. Yeah, man. Well, dude, I do. I love
0: that. You know. Was Jason your first guest, Jason Moore?
2: Um. Yes, Jason was. Yeah.
0: That was such a treat. I remember looking back through these, and I went and watched it. It was so cool. Listen to his podcast. It was great, man.
2: Jason, he's such a nice guy, isn't he? Uh, he's he's a super nice guy, and um yeah i he's he's been on a couple of times, and um we still have not actually met in person yet, but um we've talked about, oh, really? yeah, and like that's the thing that's kind of wild with like the the Instagrams and stuff is just um you know, there's all these people that I've built these really great connections with, but I still have yet to like meet them in person,
0: I know man. I mean, that's exactly right, like. Obviously, you and I have never met in person. Maybe Policon, yeah. Uh, we will. Um, you that really just struck a chord. I mean, uh, there's no way I can't be able to make that. That'd be really fun. Because um, Texas is like, it's a little ways, but it's not a horrible drive for me. I just shoot straight down, you know. Yeah. So I think it's like 12 hours or something.
2: Yeah, they some cool stuff along the way. That's doable.
0: Um, what? uh you got anything going
2: right now, project-wise? Um, you put, have you put any? Books out? Ha, yeah, I've put a couple of books out. So um, I've got three that I've done so far. Um, one of them was like a a, a volumed release. So I, I did. I'm, I'm going to be doing a second edition of that here soon. But it was like a book on <coughs> convenience stores in Toronto. And before okay. I left Toronto last year, I drove around to all of these places I shot. And five of them are no longer in business. So I took a picture of them on pack film of what they look like today. And so the second edition that I'm going to do is going to have like their deceased photos in there, um, alongside the other ones. Um, I did a book on, um, it's a Polaroid book of photos taken during the first lockdown in Toronto.
0: Um,
2: I called it quarantineroids and, uh, it's uh, Quarantinoids, the first 53 days of lockdown on Polaroid. And uh, it, uh, it was just a sort of challenge to myself to try and keep my sanity of, like, you know, take at least two Polaroid photos a day of just, like, whatever I was doing. Ew, and, uh,
0: I was just... Oh, talk about, it like, an inspiration zapper that was. I, I just... I fell into a hole. I'm finally just feeling inspired now... Uh, after a year of living here, like I even moving back home, like when I would like go shoot around, like in different states and stuff, or like leave beautiful San Francisco and go like Central California, and which is beautiful too, but I'm just saying like somewhere different. And I'd go shoot all like the old detritus and like, oh, look at all the broken down bits here and there. Um, that was what always inspired me. But since moving back home, I'm almost like, oh my God, it's like I'm photographing my own area and my own neighbors or something. And I felt really weird about it. Um, but now that I've been here a little longer, I'm starting to kind of feel my, my uh, inspiration kind of bubble up again. And, um, but I'm definitely susceptible to that. Like, like, you know, we kind of touched on it before about just like getting into a wall where you're just like, oh, I can't. you know, like. The thought of picking up a
2: camera
0: is just like for what, you know? <laughs> Why would I do
2: that? Yeah, I'm I've been in that um, for like the last month now. Um, yeah, I, I've got like I got a, a bunch of rolls of film that I need to mail off to downtown camera for processing, but I'm waiting to finish the roll that's in my F5 right now, and I think I have like six. Yeah, the F5. Yeah, yeah. His uh, his name's Woodrow. Um, a tribute nice. to Woody Guthrie and I painted nice. on, on the bottom grip. It says this machine stops time.
0: Oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's great. That's such a homage to him. I have an F5. I I love it, man. I, I kind of like, it's like the closest thing I have, I think, to like a digital camera. Because it's so easy to use. It's, it's, it's so, but it's beautiful. I have a, a really cool, like I think it's a uh, 55 millimeter 1.2 lens on it.
2: Oh, nice! It's so cool, man.
0: I got that. I got to give a shout out to my my guys, uh, at Glass Key Photo, Gordon and Matt. They're they're unbelievable people. They keep the film spirit alive in San Francisco. They're it. They're I mean they're amazing. A yeah. SeaWood Photo um, up north also holds it down, but talk about chemicals and film cameras and film glass key another instrumental part of me getting back into it if it weren't for them I, I just you know if it's just hard enough maybe I wouldn't have done it you know maybe I would have been like well I got this crappy camera that kind of like using you know maybe I would have faltered at some point but instead I just went crazy and bought all these cameras and you know had people to like face-to-face Talk to about it, you know, and answer questions. And they're they're great dudes. They're they're amazing. So if you're ever in San Francisco, you got to
2: stop in there. I so I, I did get to stop by Glass Key when I went to the area, Um because I was there. Oh, for, you did. I was there for the first one when COVID shut the city down. I was there too, Merlin. I was at that. You were. How did we not cross paths then?
0: <laughs>
2: I think. It- Because we were all
0: so freaked out, still, like I literally went in and out. Like I was so just like I don't know if we should be here. You know, it was just such weird times. So I made like a very brief pass through and out.
2: Okay, that's probably why I missed you then.
0: Yeah, gave Brian a high five and was out. That was it. But it was cool. I was like,
2: it. It was was a surreal trip. Because I'd never seen San Francisco so dead in all the time I've spent in it than that weekend.
0: Bizarre, right? all right.
2: Yeah. It was creepy. Like it's uh, <laughs> it, and uh, I, I don't know if you ever if you follow uh, Theory of O'Brien, um, another great Polaroid photographer. But you know, Brian and his partner, Mary, are a couple of my favorite people. And uh, we shared a hostel at the Green Tortoise in uh, the stripper district there. <laughs> And, uh, nice. yeah, that, that's my go-to spot. If I'm going to San Francisco on my own dime, I always stay at the green tortoise because it's way cheaper than any hotel. Like it's, I don't know if I know that one. Um, are you talking about, is it in the Tenderloin? Uh, it's right across from, um, oh fuck. Not Zanzibar, Garden of Eden. Like oh, yeah. there's all those okay. like strip joints there. And then there's like around uh, it's right by um, the Hemingway museum. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man.
0: Yeah. That's a neat area. I mean, I, uh, I've had good friends live all over that town. Obviously I lived there for almost um, 17 years. So it's, I loved my time in San Francisco and I always cool. look forward to going back. Um, and it's weird, though. Like, it was it was odd, like, living in that town, knowing how fun that town can be, and then just how much it, like, just stopped happening. I don't know. It was a weird time to be in San Francisco, for sure. It was weird.
2: It really was.
0: How,
2: yeah. How's Vancouver right now? How's that going? Vancouver is different. Um, COVID never really existed here. Which was a very big difference from Toronto, where, like, you know, my partner and I lived in Toronto during lockdown and uh, shit was scary and it was like, it was really real. And then we moved out here and everyone's like, the supposed pandemic. (laughs) It's just like, are we in? Oh, really?
0: That's how, that's how, really? Wow.
2: Yeah, like, there was a very different attitude out here in, in the West, it was like, lackadaisical. And some people took it seriously, but then other people were just like, eh. It was it was weird. Yeah. Like, you know, the first, like, half year I was here, I was just like, I'm in danger, like, all the time.
0: Yeah, man, I feel you. That's how our first year here in Iowa felt. <laughs> yeah. We were, I mean... It, we were just like, it was, a, it was like, I guess you would say it's a true culture shock. It's completely different than where I've been for the last, I mean, over 20 years, cause I was in Colorado before that. I was in Boulder, you know, talk about a bubble of a place, you know, like it, it couldn't get more different than the three places I'm living in. You know I mean? <laughs> like they're all completely unique. So I don't know. I mean, like say, how long have you been in Vancouver now?
2: Sorry about that. Um, it was a year in May, but this isn't the first time I've lived in Vancouver. Like, um, I am originally a West Coaster. So uh, oh, Tor- you are. Toronto is my first time out east, uh, but I grew up out in BC. So coming back. I mean, back... It's so funny. when you look at Canada, like, that is so far
0: away. <laughs> Toronto and Vancouver. I mean, obviously they'd be different. It's like it's completely, I mean, might as well be in a different country.
2: Well in, in Toronto honestly does feel like a bit of a different country. Like it's um it it was very really, European. Well, a little bit but also like kind of American in in just like, you know, the just the sort of curtness that people have there. Um people are a little more real there. Then in other parts of Canada, like other parts of Canada, you have like the the posturing, like, you know, they're they're polite, but really they're kind of assholes. Um, Toronto so, is just like, you know, it is what it is, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's also truly multicultural. Um, Toronto has kind of ruined Vancouver for me a little bit because like Vancouver doesn't feel like a city anymore. It feels like a metropolitan hick town. Um huh. And it, it's small. Like, Vancouver, I think they just crested over a million people here in Vancouver. Toronto and the Grand uh, greater Toronto area, I think, is, like, nearly 8 million people. Wow. And like, in, in the downtown core, it's, like, you know, a few million people there. So, it's just, like, yeah, comparative – Um, you know, Vancouver to Toronto, like, you know, it's, it's it's very different. Um, like Vancouver is not even really a suburb of like Toronto with the, the size it has.
0: That's interesting. Like, I mean, you know, the biggest city I've ever lived in is San Francisco. Obviously I've spent time in large cities. Like I've had the, uh, I was still lucky enough to go spend a little time in, uh, Tokyo and, um, uh, New York and you know places like that and and there, you you just know it you feel it I mean it's so different <laughs> the, the amount of people um, so I'm excited to see Toronto this will be my first time there for sure how long uh, we how, went,
2: how long are you going to be in Toronto
0: not long bro like
2: okay. it's going to be probably
0: a day and a night so I'll I'll get to just go and then we're out so it's it's sort of just a road trip around and it's just a chance to go see it, because then we're going to go to Maine and
2: whatnot. Kind of okay. Well, um, I'll, I'll send you a couple of places to check out if you have time, like food-wise. Um, there's some really awesome oh, that'd be, stuff to try. Yeah. That'd be great,
0: man. That'd be great. I'd really appreciate that.
2: So uh, other than road trips, um, do you have any any projects that you're working on, like books that you're putting out or things like that?
0: You know, it's funny, man. I've, I've, I've not even put out a zine. Um, I've, I've never done the book thing or the zine thing. I've talked about it. I've got all kinds of ideas about it. I have, I keep notes about it. Um, I'm a perpetual, uh, project starter and, and I I do not finish them, but I gave myself a goal to do three zines this year. And obviously I should have just set a goal of just doing something. Right. Um, i do i have got um, a lot of work i the way i kind of do stuff is i put work in like little piles of that could be something maybe or that could be something so definitely there's a few different projects i always do um one of which i think is what kind of catch so i'm a um a failed Catholic, you could say I was brought up Catholic. And then I found the evil punk rock music. Right. And, um, that opens eyes. And I was lucky enough, like my mother was Catholic and her whole side of the family's Catholic. My father believed in Bob Dylan, you know, (laughs) Bob Dylan. That's my dad's religion. And so, um, I got kind of both worlds all the time, you know, but he was real easy step, careful step in and made sure that, you know, I, went, I mean, I went to private Catholic school the whole deal. And um, and so, like, I think something that has always stuck to me, though, is the imagery, right, all the all the imagery of Catholicism. And so throughout this last year, um, and, and way before, like, if I see, like, it could be anything, like, and, it, can, and it, lo- it looks like a cross or something, you know what I mean? And so I'll take photos of it. Like, if it, even if it's like an overgrown, like there's this uh, photo I took one time of a uh, power line, which is an easy one. They always look like a cross. But uh, this is just kind of all overgrown of ivy. And there was no wires on it anymore. It was just in the middle of a field. And it looked like a cross. Uh, and I just, you know, so I, I always photograph stuff like that. And while I was in my... I mean, month long slump recently. Um, I, I just bought a bunch of old pack film. <laughs> I spent way too much money on it. Who cares? And just started photographing churches around uh, the Midwest. Because there's one thing the Midwest is known for is that there's a bunch of religious folks here. You know, I mean, there just is. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's. I don't know if people. Consider Iowa to be part of the Bible, Bible Belt, but it is. I mean, the Lutheran religions, Catholicism, tons of the, that. There's just churches everywhere. You know, like, if you, when we like explore different towns and when you know we're going to go through stuff, my partner and I, uh, she'll look up post offices to photograph, and I always look up where do the churches look like. But not just churches in the town per se, but like on the pr- outside of the town, right? And inevitable, inevitably when you type in church, like 30 to 40 churches pop up in the area and you're just like, that's wild. So I've been just taking, especially the old expired stuff and um, like real old stuff, not the new expired stuff, <laughs> like the old expired stuff. And again, it's real hit and miss a little bit about like how that film is going to turn out and you know, it's real kind of touchy. You got to use like a filter uh, thanks Raymond Molinar for telling me about that. he's like, you ship blue, you got to get a filter, man. So uh, to kind of correct that change in the color. And, um, oh. So I've just been shooting these old churches out here. So that's going to become something because even though like people hold their religion super dear here in the Midwest, um, it's dying too. You know what I mean? Like this this myth of like the great USA and and the we're the best and, And, um, you know, like, oh, there's just, there's a few things we care about. It's pride and country and the Lord. And I got to be honest, man, they, they stopped caring about the institution, the building at least, because so often we come and it's just like these things are just in ruins. if not truly in ruins. And I mean, you know, as a, as a, I jokingly say failed Catholic, that was by choice. I didn't fail. I just said around. Um, I find it beautiful. I find it. So I don't know. I kind of find it hysterical to be honest with you. Not, not to, you know, bum anybody out there who, who ha- wants to believe in something. I mean, my, my sister's totally involved in her church and I fully respect that. If you need that, that's what you, you, you know, I need photography. So what? It doesn't matter. But for me, like there's nothing more beautiful than a fallen down church. It's just, you know, you guys couldn't even care about that. You know, like nobody, nobody put forth the effort to save that even in this town. That's when I'm like, I know I'm in the right town to photograph that, you know, like, holy shit, you guys you even gave up on your church, but there's still people living there. Like, you know, they go out on the outskirts and they, they go to the new tin shed church or they go and you know, all their conven- all their stores are dead in town, but they go to their to the to the convenience store on the outskirts of town. That's where they do their grocery shopping. You know, that to me sums up the Midwest so well. You know, like the little town I'm in right now. Our downtown is they're trying to revitalize it, right? Because it completely died. And what they do, they they gave tax breaks to all these big box stores. So the outside of our town is just all full of box, big box stores. You know, yeah. we don't it's a town of 80,000 people. There's three Walmarts.
2: What the fuck you need That's three insane. Walmarts for?
0: Thank you. I think it's so they can just put the final death nail in the downtown here. And, and luckily through, through like a lot of hard work and community involvement, our little downtown is starting to kind of pick itself back up a little bit. And it's just funny to like, the, the more I travel around, which is, Pretty extensive right now, traveling through the Midwest, because having grown up here, I didn't give a shit about traveling around the Midwest. I wanted out of the Midwest. I didn't want to see any more of it. I knew what it was in my mind, right? Mm -hmm. But now as an adult coming back, and especially someone who enjoys photography and has this reason to go to these towns, outside of just like, whoa, look at this place. I enjoy photographing these small towns. And so that's another huge project of mine is just documenting. Like, you know, you hear this rah, 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 like America's the best. We're killing it, it's the best. Oh my God, we're teaching other people how to be civilized. Well, you forgot about a huge section of your country. I mean, the Midwest was forgotten about. At least that's how it looks. But it's not even the Midwest though, It's It's any rural area. You can go to anywhere outside of big cities in California. It looks exactly like the Midwest. I don't care where, where you go in the country. If it's rural, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to all have the stores that are closed, the churches that are falling down. It's pretty rough, you know? And it's just something that like has really caught my eye. You know? So while somebody.
2: That's something that also happens in, in like large cities too. Like, you know, V- sure. Vancouver is a large city here but um, you know it's, it's been known for a long time that like you know Vancouver's kind of skid row um, is is basically like Maine and Hastings like down to like uh, and Hastings like around there and it's been like that for decades right in the middle yeah. of like this like prosperous town is a huge like you know homeless like derelict issue where There used to be tons of prosperous businesses all through there, but now it's just like SROs and some convenience stores and then like boarded up shops because, you know, no one wants to wander around that part of like Hastings because it's just so... So derelict, so it's it's not only the the small towns that we've forgotten about. Like, you know, we've forgotten about chunks of our our city where it's just it's easier to turn a blind eye away from that and, you know, be like, oh, I'm just going to go do my business over here instead than actually help people.
0: And I think in both instances, you know, know, like what you're saying, I mean, you know, I have no solutions for that stuff. My my whole point of talking about this is, is just the fact that, like, it's all around us. You know what I mean? Like, like, like for me with photography, like I, I, it's weird to say it, but like I get an enjoyment out of these areas right? like I, I, I get, I get benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just kind of funny to like, know that like, cause San Francisco has the same problem. I mean, are you kidding me? It's horrible. I mean, it's a, there's a horrible, um, homeless problem. I mean, it is a problem not because they're homeless because they're homeless. You know what I mean, like I have no problem with a homeless person. I don't see them as a problem. The problem is that in this affluent ass place that I can barely afford to live in when I owned a business for 15 years, these people aren't the problem. The problem is that they said, that, that this is existing in that town, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's it, it is a, it is a huge problem and, and one that like, can can easily be overlooked in a big town because you can just be like, well, put them over there and just forget about it, you know. Um, and I, and I sort of feel like in the larger scheme of things, that's sort of what has happened in rural America. Ah, it, it doesn't matter, yeah, you know.
2: Man, just go to the big and city. It's just
0: funny. How I'll come back and really experience that. Is what I guess I'm, is what I'm saying. As far as like, because now I have a reason to go and to these places myself and, and really see them, you know, like, cause you know, I knew where I grew up, but I didn't explore around, you know? Uh-huh. And so it's just very interesting that much of the Midwest reminds me of much of the central California and much of like, you know, all these other little towns, like in, in Texas, very similar, you know, very similar to these small towns. And I don't know, like to me, it just makes me kind of reflect on you know, you hear all this, like, this preaching about how great everything is, and then you see these towns, you're like, it's not great here. <laughs> it's not. So that someday will hopefully turn into a project of some sort.
2: I don't know. Well, I, just I don't know how loud. <laughs> and, and the whole greatness thing is interesting to you. Like, I was watching this, like, news thing where, um, I can't remember, it's some, some, like, city official was being, like, grilled about, like, how many, like, shooting incidents have happened in, in their, like, you know, city or whatever, and um, a British lady was like asking the questions and, um, you know, the lady's like, well, you, you have like mass stabbing issues in your country. And the lady was so like flabbergasted by, it. she didn't even really know how to respond. Like mass stabbing. Like it's, it's not even on the same level as like the mass shooting thing. And then there's this guy that did a video where he was like, he, he took that, um, interview clip and he's like, I went back through like the history records in, in the UK to figure out how many like deaths from like mass, whatever have happened to equal what has happened in the U S in the first six months of this year. And he's like, yo, guess how many months I went back. And he's like, it wasn't months. It wasn't even years. It was centuries. He had to go back like over like a hundred some years to get, the same amount of deaths from like mass whatever events to match the first six months of this year, and it's like you know how how is that great like it's a big number, I guess that's good, right? I don't know, like
0: yeah, I don't know, it's so weird it, it like like to like have that argument in the first place, of course it's silly it's it's a nonsense like yeah. Well, look at you! It just shows how like adults are children. Like, like even, that's like, that's like, mean to children to call adults children. Like, when a children's an asshole, we should say, "Boy, you're really being an adult right now." You know? Because, like, I've never met worse people than adults. You know what I mean? Like, we're horrible people. I mean, we just are because we're yeah you get to a point where you become more and more selfish. It's just human nature right? as, a, as a species Just what we are. You know what I mean? Like you give anybody enough money, they're going to take over somebody else. Just how it works, you know, at least that's how it seems to have worked so far. So again, like, I guess that's just through my photography, I've noticed that. Like it's just something that like town after town after town after town after town. You know, and, and, and we're, you know, everybody's going to be proud on the fourth and we're all very excited, you know, and stuff But like, you know, and, 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 these small towns, they have more American flags up than anybody else. They're very proud. And it just, but it's like, but you don't have a, you don't have a, you have a grocery store. I mean, you, you've got a convenience store you have to go to, or you have to go to the next town. I don't know. It's, it's just something I've noticed, pattern I've noticed now in, more in- and more that I'm, that, these
2: rural places to photograph. And then the pride is kind of misplaced. Like you know, the, the flag thing is interesting because I, I was talking to my partner about this last night um, because I've noticed in, in Canada here when I see people with flags, it's, it's almost triggering to me now where I'm like, Oh, you are people I don't want to be around. Um, the Canadian. Yeah, the Canadian flag, because it it has been co-opted by all of these, like, freedom fuckers that are, like, out there trying to, like, you know, save us from ourselves and and shit like that. So whenever I see, like, cars driving by with a Canadian flag or, like, you know, people waving it around and stuff, it's like a triggering thing for me now where I'm just like, ugh, I I don't want to see that anymore because, like, I don't want to have to remember what that's been co-opted by and, you know, what's been... Like, the, the misplaced I mean, you pride in it.
0: You, you know that what well, we just went through for four years. So, uh, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more about the co-opted thing and, and the way that the American flag makes me feel now. And, um, that's funny you say that because whenever I see a Canadian flag, I'm like, oh, Canadian. I love, I love Canadians. Like, you guys seem such, such a peaceful people. And so, so it's such a beautiful place. I don't know. It's, it's just funny, like, the American flag—it makes me feel the same way, man. You know, it's a yeah. I don't know, or like a, pray. There's a thing around my my the town I live in now where it just says uh, pray for our country.
2: Because I mean, thoughts I mean, and prayers have worked so well, you know, up until now.
0: Like, you know what I mean, like. I know what that means. I know
2: who you are. I know what that means. Well, and the thing with Canada, it totally is a beautiful place. It's, it's absolutely a beautiful place. Um, I, I won't um, take that away from it. Um, But Canada has fantastic marketing. Um, We've been able to market away how racist we are. Um, The fact that we're still committing genocide and, and killing people inside of our own country right now. We're, We're really good at hiding that as well too. Um, there, there's a lot of like ugliness about Canada that, um, people don't get to hear about. And then there's just the people who live inside of the country too. And, um, it's, it's weird. Cause like, I, I love my country and I'm grateful to live in, in this land. Um, but I don't know how I feel about being Canadian anymore, but then it's like, w- what place would I feel good about being because like no one really has a good story right now. Like, you know, humans are kind of the worst and <laughs> we just do all this like kind of douchebaggery. I, I think the one thing that I'm getting a bit tired about is, um, all of the like acknowledgements we give without actually doing anything towards it. Um, and there was this comedian that I came across recently, um, star Stavro something. He's, he's fucking hilarious, but he has this like, thing where he talks about how he finds Canada a bit ridiculous with these like land acknowledgement things because he's just like it's just so like disingenuous. Yeah. it's like you know I I go into someone's house and I'm like this is this is a great house bro I'm get out I'm taking the house and it's like every day you I wake up in this house and I open the window and I'm like oh hey bro you're still there great house I love it no you can't come back in you you stay you stay there um, but it's rad I love living here it's amazing best place ever um i feel really bad no you can't come back in no no, you, you stay out there but i feel bad about i just want you to know i feel bad about this bro but thank you but no you can't come back right. in <laughs> it's kind of totally what it's all like we're acknowledging that we took this away from them but we're not doing anything towards actually making it right yeah it's just it can be it can, i mean it is good service it's just uh... And, and, and what they're
0: going to do, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, I guess there's, you know, some will argue that there's a place to start and hopefully then real action will, will, will go from there. Maybe that'll be normalized and then real action can start. And I think some people are doing, taking some real action. Um, I've always kind of thought it, it, it's interesting when people um, give their land back, right here, Here you have it, you know, um, here in America that happens very little, um, but it it happens, um, and does happen. Yeah, man. It's, uh, but you're right. You're right to say like, but where do you go? Because it ain't Europe, (laughs) you know, it's not South America, you know, Africa sounds tough. You know, so it's like, it's just where do you go? I mean, so you just try to make your own home a cleaner, nicer, happier, more inviting, more inclusive place, you know? And that's kind of what, i got to be honest, Merlin, like that's kind of really tough for me because, um, you know, just even like with the recent stuff with uh, um, the Supreme Court uh, taking away what I thought was just a common thing, you know, growing up my whole life, that's just been road versus weight was just a thing and, and the woman's right to choose is just a thing. And as a white man, it's it, I sat out and to for the first time, I'm actually in a place where I'm the minority in thinking a certain way. Whereas in Boulder Maybe there's just more lip service, but everybody seems liberal there, right? San Francisco is known as liberal Mecca and all that. Um, But I actually have a story about it, right? Like, I've experienced, um, I've gotten to the benefit out of the right to choose, um, having gone through a situation where that was a necessity. Um, Otherwise, the child would have come to term and would have been born dead, possibly, or, or... dead shortly thereafter. So I, I, got, I got, um, I was able to, uh, benefit actually from the, you know, as a man, um, a woman's right to choose. But I gotta be honest, like when I was standing next to, you know, in, out in the middle of my little town uh, with the sign and all this stuff, you know, uh, uh you know, pro choices, it might, you know, all that stuff. And I was very happy and, felt the need to preach here in Iowa for the side I think is right. Because honestly, you know, it's a Republican state. This is a state that doesn't, that they are going to eventually probably take away the right to choose and the right to have an abortion. Um, South Dakota is a state that neighbors me. Like literally you go over a bridge in my hometown and you're in South Dakota and it's illegal now. You can't have an abortion. You know what I mean? And, And, and for me personally, like, you know, if you don't want it, don't don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. And so that's my point of view. So I was I was happy to do that, but I did feel like I was out of place. Like it wasn't my place, but it is my place. It's all of our places. You know what I mean? Like 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 everybody should have the right to live a happy and healthy life. You know what I mean? And and so like when you know, I to bring it back to photography, I struggle with like. What what is my work doing? Is there going to be any message behind it? Or is it just like, here's another broken down church and here's another broken down building, or is there going to be some real thoughts behind it? Which can be a little paralyzing, honestly. Like, I mean, talk about a project killer when you're trying to put like a bunch of thoughts and, you know, not thought, there's always thought into it, but like a big message behind it, but we're a visual world. You know what I mean? So, Images are powerful and can be powerful and has to have changed minds and have changed thoughts. And it just, so when I'm looking at these little projects I'm doing, I have started to think more like what's, what, why am I doing this? Like what's the purpose of taking p- pictures of broken down shit in small towns? Why are I doing it? Is it cause I'm like, wow, you guys are fucked up. Or is it because I'm like sad that it's like that, you know, what, what's
2: the point, you know? Well, I think, without getting too much into analysis paralysis uh, about that kind of stuff, because it's, it's easy where you could just like spin your wheels trying to like come up with like the why um, you take pictures of them because they make you feel something. And those are sometimes the, oh, the not some those are always the best pictures is um, something that makes you feel. And then something that makes other people feel, even if it's not the same thing that you felt when you looked at it, like those are my favorite pictures. Like when I'm scrolling through, like there's lots of really pretty pictures and like well done photos, but a lot of them feel like benign. Like they don't really like it's it's a pretty picture and you can say yeah that's a great picture, but when you're scrolling through and you see one that looks like you, something snaps in you and you look at it and you're just like it makes you feel something, you know. Th- those are the best pictures, and and you know maybe that's part of the road trip adventures you're out there doing is like you're finding these things that like there's something that makes you pull over to to take a picture of that thing um and then just like one one thing on the the row wade thing it i'm just like everyone else pissed at the um you know justices for for what they did there but honestly i'm more angry at all of the politicians over the last several decades who had several opportunities to actually codify this into real law and not just some sort of thing to reference to. They've had so much time to actually make this a real thing and put legitimate real protections in place. And none of them did that. And also here in Canada, our current prime minister and leader of our country is doing the lip service thing. And he's saying how important it is and all that stuff, but he's also not, doing any movements to codify and protect those things here in our country. And those are being attacked right now in our country by conservative stuff. And there's a very high probability that Canada will follow suit and that will also become illegal up here. And that's a terrifying thing to think about um, because it's not only the right to choose if you want to have a kid or not, but it's a, it's the right to choose if you're going to live or not. If you have a medical emergency that requires an abortion because there's so many medical emergencies that can happen where the resolution to them is an abortion. And now all those people that need that life-saving service down in these states that are eliminating it are being sentenced to death by a bunch of white people that think they know better. And it's it's atrocious. Pretty gross. I mean, I, I was just... Usually I can sort
0: of uh, compartmentalize my outrage about stuff, you know, and kind of like, holy fuck, what the fuck? And I mean, like I say, we just spent four years going, oh, what? Another thing? Um, but this one I just couldn't get past because, like I say, I have this—I have an experience and I, I, I know people who it was just so important, you know, and their, their just well-being. Um Even just mental health, Uh not just in mental health, you know, like just being able to know that there is a a solution they saw, right. And they were able to do that. And, uh, I know it was just a really fucked up day. And, and again, like my partner asked, are you going to, are you going to bring a camera are you going to shoot photos? No, (laughs) you know, I didn't at all. Um, Alex, so actually, you, I'm sure you're familiar with his work, Alec So he's a Magnum photographer. Yeah. He's from Minnesota. Just outstanding large format stuff, like just really next level, beautiful storyteller. Right. Um, and he was actually talking to some folks about like, Hey, did you, he was chatting with this other photographer and asked her like, did you go shoot photos? And, um, she was like, no. And I was like, whoa, that's funny. I, I literally just had that conversation with my partner and, and she asked me and I said, no, I, you know, there's now, is not the time for me to shoot photos. I feel like more is the time to listen and, and, and to show my outrage. Um, and that's sort of what that photographer, that magnet photographer was, was saying. She was like, you know, if I wanted to actually help the world, I become a teacher. Hmm. Uh-huh. You know? My photography is not helping the world. Like, if I really wanted to help, I'd be a teacher or I'd do something along those lines or I'd do some sort of community outreach. But I wonder if that's true, though. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess that's this is an ongoing internal conversation I've had for years now. Like, a Do I even have anything to say? Yes. B Do I do, do I even know how to like make it a, a cohesive story? You know what I mean like something that would make sense. Time will tell. You know? But I think it is important to to try to have some sort of um, narrative for me personally, yeah. That that has a deeper meaning. But you're right, like I can always tell when somebody is photographing some I mean, always, but I, I assume when it catches my eye, I'm like, Oh that, that's that's something precious to that person
2: or so that person, you know, felt something during that photograph, you know? Well, like and you also too is like, you know, don't sell yourself short because, um, you may not think the things you share and post and whatnot are making a difference at all, but you'd be surprised at how much of a difference they can make without you even knowing about it. Um, yeah. And-
0: I, I see that though. I see what you're saying. Cause like, I, like I was even saying way earlier in the conversation, like just through inspiration, you know, like I find inspiration in people's photographs all the time. I don't have to be like moved to like action. I just am moved by the photograph, you know? So there's worse in that too.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Don't overthink yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, as you can see, I probably do that sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I really do. Uh, I,
2: I suffer from the same thing too. Like, it's just, you know, creative curse and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, it, Dave, uh, Sinodar, he has a great thing where it's like, you know, think less, shoot more. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: I mean, honestly, like when you were just saying like that about like what catches your eyes, and stuff, I think that's why I even photograph how I do photograph, right? Like, and nothing against studio photographers. They're seeing something in what they're shooting in their studio. I mean, they're obviously a them, right. Or they're not going to be able to capture it, how they capture it or, or put a, put their stamp on it. Right. So, so that's cool. But that's not how I can do it. Like I have to find something that exists in my world as I'm passing by and go, what was that? Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes It doesn't translate. It doesn't show itself in the photograph. And sometimes, I get stuff that like that might be good and it's just amazing. Like, wow, that really did turn out how I hoped it would, you know. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the shooting of film for me, you know? Like like I don't I don't have to worry about later on going, Okay, now I gotta make it look this way. I pick a film stock, I you know, I either push or pull it, I make those decisions in house. At the time, at the moment, and then that's going to translate, hopefully, into what I've seen. Um, I love that about, you know, the, the film shooting. I love that. You know, I, I at that moment, because I, I, I'm sure you have this. You have a film stock you enjoy, right? And you know how they're going to look. Yeah. Or at least an idea, right? And you know how you like to shoot those different film stocks so with that in your mind you then are seeing that way almost do you get in that mode where you see photographs because if i'm trying to do something else i can't see photographs but when i'm actually doing shooting photography man i can it's it's all around me i see photographs it's really interesting
2: i i see photographs all the time like there's (laughs) tons of times like when I'm just driving around I'll be like that would be a rad photo Um, and I don't have like a camera with me and then sometimes there's like that would be a rad photo but I'd never take it because um, I don't want to exploit the person that would be the subject of it and things like that so it's like it is kind of interesting like as I've been noticing more about my own eye is just like where it comes through and, and what I see but with the stock thing 100% like that's why I like film over digital is now that I know how some stocks behave, I'm like, okay, I want this feeling today. And as long as I don't fuck up my exposure or focus, all the pictures are going to be how I want them because I picked that stock. Yeah. yeah, And and, and it's so cool too, because like, um,
0: the more I dove into photo- like film photography, I keep, it's so weird because I don't usually say film photography, but that's what I do. Um, I, I was so stuck on I shoot Portra 160, I shoot Ilford 100. That's it, Delta 100 and Portra 160. And then I, I really had to like step back and um, I, I I started playing with a bunch of different film stocks. You know what I mean? And 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 experimenting. I went through that whole aspect of it for like a couple of years actually. And. Now, when I when I load Portia 160 back in, it's, like, literally, like, going back and, like, ah, I remember how to shoot this stuff. Like, this is great. It still really feels, like, natural. I don't know why, but that's, like, the Portia 160 and the O for Delta 100 are just, like, I really love the way they, for me, how they look. I just love it, you know? So, it's interesting, like, when you, you know, are getting into something like this and then all of a sudden you, you, uh you find the next layer and the next layer and oh man, do you know about this film and that film and you get to talk to everybody about it and then you get to experiment and you get to do it, you know, more than likely you're going to go, you're going to find the one you like or a few that you like and, and really, uh, I don't know, just find your style you could say or something, you know?
2: Absolutely. And,
0: and then you start seeing that way. You know, that's for me, I see like that, you know, like, I'm like, I already know how this is going to look. Now, can I actually make what I'm seeing translate well, you know, I love that. I love it, man. I just, I'm so fucking hooked on it. (laughs) I really am. I just can't get enough of it, you know, and right now it's funny because like, It goes nowhere. It goes on Instagram and someone sees it for four seconds if they last that long and it's gone for ages there. It's just there. But for me, it's a literal act of finding things to photograph and then photographing them. The rest is like almost like a hassle to me. (laughs) Getting it processed, processing it now myself because there's no place to go. I send it to the darkroom lab or I'll, I'll send it uh, to the fine folks, uh, back in SF, but, um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I've been trying to be more hands on and like soon I'm going to finally get a dark room built as I've been talking about for years and, um, really take a stab at the rest of that. But, but honestly, outside of the actual act of searching for photographs and seeing photographically, the rest is fine, but that's the part I really enjoy.
2: I really love that, you know?
0: That's like,
2: myth. do you get nervous when you go work? Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I get nervous about that all the time. Like, it's, uh, yeah. Sometimes it feels really <laughs> like, overwhelming because you're just like, oh, my God, are they going to see how I want to see it? Um, but, yeah.
0: my I always second-guess. Like, is this the right photo? Like, should I have not, is this the one I should show? Or, or you know, like even up to when they're hung on the wall, I'm like, now, nah, you know, this isn't right. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
2: That's ridiculous. That's how I am. such a hard time picking because I, I have like thousands and thousands of photos I've taken. And um, I forget, like sometimes I'll go through like the archives and I'll be like, holy, when did I take that? like and it's kind of wild uh looking back at it because like i forget about how much stuff because like i just used to shoot insane amounts when i lived in toronto just because like yeah i was going through probably between like five to nine rolls a week on average really that's awesome oh it it was a lot of fun uh vancouver i I haven't been shooting as much film because like you know i the labs aren't the same here and it just like it feels different And that got me in a funk with things and you know the new studio is helping get me out of that but you know now now i don't know what i want to be when i grow up and so i'm like having that uh that crisis right now
0: <laughs> i know I'm, I'm having this weird like i'm 42 soon so i'm having this weird like wow i'm 42 and I'm like it's almost like I'm starting over. I mean, I moved here a year ago, back to the town I grew up in, you know, bought a house, became an adult, you know, did all that stuff. And now I'm like, What am I gonna do with my life? <laughs> I'm kind of in the same same thing, you know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> right I'm, now I'm
2: gonna keep on buying cameras. Yeah, exactly. Keep keep on buying cameras. Like I'm I'm forty one this year. And I did all the things that I was supposed to do that they tell you you're supposed to do that are supposed to lead to happiness. And none of it really worked. (laughs) So now it's just like, you know, I'm 41. I live in the studio basement apartment of this really kind Ukrainian lady who's very interesting. And, um, you know, yeah. 40 didn't seem at all what I thought, you know, 40 was going to end up being. So just like, yeah. I have no idea Um, what the heck I'm doing, but I know I'm going to be a Policon this year. So definitely come down to Texas. Did I use it there? Can you hear me, bro? Yeah, you're back.
0: (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying, man? I am not good at this at all my girlfriend started my van to go to the store real quick and my van just will sink to my phone. Oh. <laughs> and so that's what happened. It just was like, you're no longer where you are. You're in the van now.
2: So I'm sure she was
0: listening to us in the van.
2: <laughs> yeah. You, your, your girlfriend was probably like hearing me talk about like my, like, you know, I guess near midlife crisis. <laughs>
0: Are we supposed to? Isn't forty
2: supposed to be like the over the hill
0: thing? Remember that back in the day when everybody said
2: fifty like, I 50s remember is over my the hill. 40. So we're, fifty is now. Yeah, we're we're like we're okay. we're we're cresting the top right now. So it's we're getting like, close to the hill. Yeah, but I mean, also with like how fucked up everything is right now. Like you know, I think forty is like the new fifty.
0: Um. I'm gonna to try to find some light real quick. Give me one second. I don't this worry, is man. weird. I was I was gonna try to. There, yeah, how's that? A little bit better. I'm in this room. I'm, we we have like this like old sunroom, and uh, it's great. I love it. But there's no light in here. Like literally, not a light in this room. So.
2: Yeah, and you're losing daylight <laughs> out there. I noticed. Huh? And it looks like it's uh, you're losing some daylight there.
0: We sure are. Yeah, good old Iowa. We're in the uh, Central Standard Time, so we're we're Chicago time. Oh, it's. So I think it's like nine thirty. Ah, you oh, lucky dog! It's, a, it's super oh. bright
2: here. So <laughs> it's quite. Insane. So beautiful.
0: I know. Yeah, it's like it, it's nighttime. We're
2: getting we're getting late. Um, what well, do I? What do we? What else do we? I think we covered all the things, uh, and, and then Yay. so I, I do. I really. Well, did we appreciate... solve anything? <laughs> um, well, we determined you're going to Texas, so I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's a no thing.
0: doubt. Yeah, yeah, that should be able to happen, man.
2: Yeah, for sure. It, it and then be... I'll give
0: you a really hard time about coming to the to the uh, Halloween show
2: in Nashville. I, I will do my best about that one. So we'll see.
0: It's, it's ridiculous to do it, but you really should do it. It'll be
2: really fun. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, but it would be rad to catch up with you in Texas and do. Thank you so much it for uh, coming to hang out with me. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna grab yeah, some man. food here. I can. I can tell I'm like running out of steam a little bit. But uh, I dude, see it. It was so rad chatting wow. with you. Um, I'm gonna get the outro going here and. Uh, you. i hope you have a good rest of uh, your uh, week and a good weekend um thank you next week i'm going to be having uh zena and charles on they're um going to be in an in-person chat so they're going to come here to my studio because they're residents in the lodge here as well they uh the two of them form zuckerman and wong photography and um yeah it should be really interesting chatting with them it's uh Always fun, the technical challenge of uh, these in-person lives versus doing it this way. But, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And, dude, thank you so much for hanging out with me.
0: Man, it was a pleasure. And thank you so much for wanting me on the show. um, I I really do appreciate it. Appreciate the
2: time. I appreciate you too, man. We'll talk soon. All right. All right. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye.